If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support the show, go to patreon.com slash Media. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today, and welcome to episode 40 of Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast. As always, I'm joined by Xbox's sneakerhead, Lord Cognito. <laughs> We're going to talk about that today. <laughs> Maddie, what's Indeed. up? The Duke's in the building. Let's go. Let's go. I see that crispy aisle. Pee on. Ooh, mm-hmm. It's funny. And I wanted Dukes today. So we was just, you know, we was in a yeah, good mindset. It's funny, right? I, I almost wore that shirt, and I was like, no, I, I told Cog two weeks ago. I was gonna wear this, but then my other Xbox hoodie came in, which then I wore last week. Which like, is fine. Right. Which is fine. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten some some fine hoodies lately, Ooh. like this one and the Xbox one for Ooh. the 20th anniversary. Respect. Really happy with what I'm sporting lately. Respect. I'm gonna go work out in this afterwards, by the way. Let's so I'm gonna be repping you in the so in the gym. Talk about health this well. Put the hashtag up. Let's Absolutely. go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we hope everyone who's listening is doing well. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. We had a, a great week last week. Our our podcast did quite well. For those who hadn't checked it out, Jeff Grubb joined us. We'll be talking about that in a little bit. But be sure to give that a listen because the, some of the yeah, some of the insight there was really good. Big time. Uh, but anyway, just thank you to everyone who's been listening to our show lately. We've seen the numbers climb a little bit, and we appreciate you uh, joining us. So for those who want to support us the extra steps further, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Media where early access to this show goes live on Thursdays. Otherwise, it'll hit free feeds on Sunday. So you can get the video version there on the Last Stand Media YouTube channel. Uh, I never mentioned this, but that also goes out early on the Patreon for those who aren't 
joined up there. Also, you can get access to our ultimate show, Defining Duke Ultimate. Uh, we just did episode 36. It was Cog and I. Surprisingly, no Chris Reagan in a Halo episode. That's where you we talk, yeah, I know, right? We got we to make up for lost time. <laughs> no, no. Uh, we, we played Big Team Battle. Uh, we went all in on the flight. We revisited our concerns for the campaign and if they are valid after such a resounding, positive uh, reception to the flight. So if you want all of that for about an hour and change, that show is up for you right now. So go ahead, give it a go look. Get that. Also, just to thank you again for uh, for the mobile ratings. Uh, five stars on iTunes goes a very long way. I, I just always urge our audience as, you know, we're still solidifying like it's me and you, Cog, right? Mm -hmm. like, Absolutely. Half the show is Carrick and I. So uh, continue to write in uh, those reviews. Five stars helps a lot in moving us up the charts. And we sincerely appreciate that support, especially. But other than that, let's get into it before we begin. So these are sort of the comments, concerns, little, little uh, housekeeping, if you will. Uh, first of all, in addition to our show. So two weeks ago, we asked you all if you wanted a section on what games we were playing. And the feedback was really loud. You wanted that. So that is what we're going to do. It's going to be put at the beginning of our show before we do our warm-up questions. We're just going to talk about the games we've been playing lately, and then we'll get into our usual role. Of course, provide feedback. If you think this does in a better spot somewhere else, like maybe you think, hey, this should be near Game Pass Pick of the Week, which is something I was toying with, let us know. Uh, we don't want to disrupt the pacing of the show or hold off the news, so I just want to put it in the front of the show first so you can all get a feel for it. Uh, and if that's where it works, that's where it works. But, of course, thank you for your feedback on that. Excited to share what games we've been playing, what we've been digging as of lately. This next one goes to you, Cog. Yo. Austin Powell writes in, Hi, guys. I just wanted to compliment Lord Cognito on his continually upbeat attitude. I feel like there's so much negativity and complaining in the games industry. It's a breath of fresh air to have a positive voice to listen to. I also appreciate that he doesn't create a mountain out of molehill with the constant onslaught of controversies. The power of positivity is real. Keep up the great work, guys. Bro, salute, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that. Very, very kind. Very kind. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm just trying to take it back to the essence, man. Like, I, I'm from the days, where, you know, you see another gamer, you like, yo, that that's my bro. That's my sis. We do the same thing. Like, you know, it, I'm just tired of the, the separate, you know, mentalities and cultures and Bro, yeah. it's gaming. Like, just bring us together, have fun. You know what I'm saying? So I, 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 I I'm from that, and, and, and I'm always gonna be about that. So yes, there's gonna be issues. Just going, we have to get serious sometimes. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the time, like, this is gaming. This is what we do to escape, have fun. So I, that's yeah. what we'll be that way. I'm with you entirely. I think that's what makes our show really good. And I think what happens is a lot of people are afraid to get that positive because they think it removes their ability to be critical. And it's yes. like, no, you can. You can be critical without being an asshole, is what I always say. No, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Next one's a very interesting write-in. I've gotten it from this particular person a decent amount of times. Ooh. And now that it's come into the Patreon, I was like, all right, I can actually answer this. Uh, Furry Purple Haze writes in, Hey, Dukes, I highly doubt my question will make it into the next episode as they haven't made it through in a while. And I stopped trying. But is there any chance that the rest of us get a better shot at getting a turn to ask a question? Let me explain. On both ham radio, as well as this podcast, I'm not going to name the person, gets on literally every episode with a writer. I, as well as many others, have important questions too. And I don't think it's right we pay money so we can ask questions and support the channel. Yet one, person write, one person's write-ins gets shit canned every week because of favoritism. I love the show. I love the guests. And you guys do a phenomenal job at what you do. I love being a part of this show's success by supporting it. This is the only patron I have because I love the show that much. 
please be more considerate and give others a shot. Thank you guys for all you do. And hope you have a Maury Povich, you are not the father <laughs> kind of day. All right. So this comes from a place of love. Yes. I want to make something clear. Let's go. Number one, when I pick the write-ins, there is zero favoritism. The only thing I favorite is proper English here. So if you are writing in something concise, but also equally as importantly, topical, <laughs> there's a really strong chance that you get featured. Not only that, I know our selection is diverse because we do five in the beginning, five at the end, and we include you in the news section if your writing is topical. Not only that, we get probably the least write-ins mm -hmm. across LSM mm -hmm. currently when it comes to our questions. These last two weeks have been great for us. Right. This week, we only got like 25 Okay, because uh, nothing really has been popping off. Right. So when people write in, there's a really good chance you get picked for our show because we have less to pick from and right. we pretty much use everyone. Uh, so this is just false. Like, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, the only thing I favorite, like I said, is proper English. I can read mm -hmm. your comment because as everyone knows, I stutter and stumble over my words a little bit here. But beyond that, it's if you're topical, you get picked. It's just that simple because it gives Cog and I a window to talk to you Absolutely. and have something that fits well. But I don't want to monologue too much here. Anything yeah. you want to add? No, no, you've been on fire. I mean, one thing about you, I always respect the 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 selections that you pick from. I always feel it's varied. I, always, I mean, listen, at the like you said, it when the pool is what the pool is, there's going to be some repeats. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it's not, nothing out of favoritism. It's nothing out of malice. You know what I'm saying? We, yeah. You know, Batty got love for you, you know, at the end of the day. But what I will respect, Michelle DeFuzzi, in the sense that, you know, it's definitely coming from a place of love. He definitely has a lot of love for the for the show and clearly want, clearly wants to have his questions read. But like I said, just get the I don't know if it's him specifically, but like you said, the English with everybody, with their questions, make sure things are right grammatically. And like I said, there's a good chance you will be in the mix. Maddie does a good job with that stuff, man. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, for Ham Radio on a separate note, uh, that's the much smaller show. I run on my personal channel. It's a live show. We do live call-ins. So if anyone's interested in that, please check it out. Uh, it's been doing well, and people are liking what we're building there. It's kind of new, so there's some growing pains there, but uh, it's been doing well. And like for that, you know, there's only so many write-ins we get. It goes through my Patreon of instead of in our case thousands here on Last Stand, uh, where I have like 400 people, which is really mm -hmm. great. But uh, the community's a lot tighter and smaller there, so. You're going to see some overlap. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is also, I just want to make this clear with write-ins is I don't like to go back to the well constantly with people who are asking like, what back compact games would you add to the list? What, uh, what's your, what's your favorite Xbox game? What should I download on game pass? There's a lot of those that get written in, right. which is why we have game pass pick of the week. For example, it's why we have those segments that exist to sort of weed out those questions, yep. but sometimes they come in anyway. Right. Uh, so those are the other ones I will, honestly ignore it's just Good like thing. you know we we need to uh and i'm not cranking on anyone in particular I'm yeah. just, just so the audience knows where how i look at it is like yeah we need stuff that's topical that's refreshing um that's not just like going back to the game pass well yeah. uh, you know there are certain conversations we have like hey should xbox buy this this or that and some conversations will go that way in the comments. And it depends. If you're posing something new there's a really good chance you get selected because again nice. we don't get a ton of write-ins so nice just wanted to tackle that like the, the criteria explanation respect of course of course now for our new segment let's get into the fun stuff what we are playing we got a number of games here cog would yeah. you like to go first yeah i'll jump it off man um i'd actually i was on twitter 
and I saw a couple people on my timeline, and it was like some motorcycle game. I was like, yo, what is that? That thing looks amazing. And I ain't gonna lie, like I used to be back in the day, I used to be like a MotoGP guy. I used to be, really? yeah, this is, new. this is new to me. Okay, yeah, the only yeah, I'm gonna tell you why. It's an interesting story because MotoGP was one of the. I was part of the Xbox Live Alpha test when it first came out so I, cognito i kept my name for all these years like i've had it nice. since way back right nice. so one of the early alpha games for xbox live testing was moto gp and at the mm -hmm. time og xbox you had custom soundtracks it was online versus so i was like yo i kind of getting into this motorcycle racing thing so i saw this game and i'm like yo this game looks beautiful it's called ride for now, full disclosure, it's very bare bones. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. very, like, this a, you know what I'm saying? I just wanted to see, because I think what it, it recently got, like, a next-gen patch. And that's why people are posting it up on Twitter. And if you put this thing, like, in the uh, handlebar or, like, close-up mode, oh, my God. It, it's a looker. It, it, this is a joint that you will... You will showcase your Xbox Series X and your PS5, especially with the rain and how you hit the corner. It's a beautiful looking game in that mode. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it, like, I said, look, hey, I got a little 20 bucks to spend. I just want to see what this thing can do. Yeah, I was kind of impressed. You know, I don't know if I'm going to stick with it long term. Oh, yeah. This is the one that was going around that people were like, wait, this is a game? Yeah. What is that first person? Yeah. Bro, it looks beautiful you know what i'm saying i'm telling you right now it's on ps5 it's on series mm -hmm. x they just got a next gen pass i'm like wait a minute this game apparently had been out already so that's that so i took it there and then um i actually went back to um trumbull man trumbull valley and stated mm -hmm. the key yeah man i haven't touched it in a while you know i haven't really touched it since the 60 frames update looks absolutely stunning like, just the movement is great and then the feels of the State of Decay 1 map. And they got a little narrative component now. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, State of Decay, I yeah. see. Yeah. yeah. So that was that. So the Juggernaut Edition, shout out to that. A lot, a lot of good updates. And of course, Destiny. Destiny's popping out here <laughs> in these streets. Come on, man. Getting ready for the Witch Cream. Getting ready for the story. I'm trying to find out all these things that's going on with uh, Savathun. And it's just a great story, what's happening right now. So it, again, it's every week. It's tune in next week. And then you're going to see what's going to really? happen. Really? I yeah. like that. That's sick. I like it, bro. It's, it's just because what it is, it allows me to play other stuff. Because I'll get all my stuff done, my busy work, my homework. Mm -hmm. And then it, it advances the story up to a point, And then it'll say, okay. You got everything done for now for the story and then kind of next week. So what about you? What's been going on with what you plan? So mm -hmm. uh, if you've been paying attention to my channel, uh, you'll know that Wednesday I dropped uh, two videos within four hours very early in the morning. Funny story behind this. Let's get it. So originally this Battlefield preview was going to be earlier, uh, mm -hmm. but it was pushed back because of course with the delay of the game, they wanted to give it more time. Mm -hmm. um, and so what happened was that the Guardians of the Galaxy preview was going to go live the same day as the Battlefield preview. I was like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. Then they delayed the Battlefield one. I'm like, yes, like it's got its own day now. Nice. I can spread the wealth a little bit. Love that stuff. Nice. Far Cry comes in. Start Ooh. reviewing that, playing that. And then Battlefield comes in. They're like, hey, guess what? We're doing the beta now. And they're like, we go live October 6th, the same fucking day that Far Cry's embargo listed. I'm like, yo, God damn. You can't catch a break, bro, so, as a yeah. content creator. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, I was like, man, that would have been really nice to have those two prepared. And I got Thursday off as well. And I could focus on other things. But whatever. 
all good. Uh, I managed to play three hours of Battlefield 2042 before the open beta went live to the public. Uh, it was a preview capture session. Make sure y'all go to the Mr. Manny Plays uh, YouTube yes. channel. It's up right now. The video's fire. I watched Thank all you. of it. Thank you. Thank Great you. job. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Same thing with my Far Cry review. We'll talk about the, in a, that in a sec. But for those who don't feel like going over there, uh, uh, Battlefield 2042 is, is going to be good, I think. It's a lot more buggy than I think many people anticipated. And I'm now, after playing like COD and Battlefield and Halo, Halo's got it, man. Ooh, they got it. That, they got it. That's yeah. a big take. Mm, that's they a got big it. take, bro. They got it. They, it multiplayer. Mm, multi yes. Multiplayer. Yes, 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 they, yes, yes. You know, who knows how the single player goes out, but, but mm. Halo has easily the most refreshing, enjoyable. It feels the most polished. Mm. It's there. It's mm. there. That's so. Big. That's one thing this preview taught me. I didn't mention this in my preview because I didn't want to turn into like a shit slinging war. Yeah. But that's something I did take away from it. Battlefield 2042, however, is is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I, I love the dynamic weather element. So you got these twisters that are just blazing around the battlefield. When you combine that with uh, this new dynamic class system, I call it, where you can be the assault class. So you'll have like a grapple shop. You can take the medic healing crate with you. And then while you're on the battlefield, you can switch out your attachments so you can have the sniper scope on your sniper rifle. And if you're going into a little CQC, you can take the scope off in real time. Okay. I love this mechanic because it allows a little bit more flexibility, but I also think it makes the role structure in the game a bit more complex. I was talking in the comments of the video. Someone said, I liked how previously in Battlefield, everyone would have a set role. Like the engineer yes. does this, this, yes. and that. Well, this game says like you can sort of mix and match it. What I think this does is allows for a lot more complexity where as i mentioned before you can have like a, a mix and match of all different roles mm -hmm. in one person and your partner can address another set of roles like Good everyone point. can't do everything right so that's not something to worry about you just have more flexibility in what you can do in the combinations that you can have and again nice. i i gotta sing the praises of that real-time attachment system yeah i love that i saw that i love saw that that. I saw your video. that was very cool yeah and i gotta shout you out because what i saw like you the footage you captured of that event really put the 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 dynamic nature of it in, into my mind and how like mm -hmm. you know people you, you you know this thing is affecting everything and either you get out the way but in your are people are like running to it just to see yeah <laughs> yeah yeah man i saw in uh in i didn't realize this when i was playing i must have either just like glazed over it mm -hmm. or something but in the footage you can see a car just blows right by me and gets pulled into the twister i'm like holy shit i didn't even see that so there's a it's a pretty significant dynamic element and effectively, all of these things that combine between being able to change your attachments in real time mm -hmm. and uh, the twister is you get a game that is still Battlefield, but it encourages you to move around a little bit more. Right. And I like that because Battlefield, you'll see the people who sit on the rooftops, they'll sit in the hills, mm -hmm. and they'll just sort of pick at you. And I think it can get a little annoying because sometimes Battlefield struggles with like the encounter rates and mm -hmm. you'll just run around going, yo, what's going yo, on? Yo, what's going on? Who's You're ready right. to fight? <laughs> exactly. And I'm not asking for Call of Duty encounter rates, right. just a little bit more frequently. My feel is this enables that a little bit more where you're still able to play Battlefield the way you want to play it, but because you have more options, you're not forced to be like, okay, I'm Sniper. I got to be out yep. here. It, you can get in there. Mm -hmm. I like that. I, you explained yeah. that well. I really like that aspect. Yeah, so... Battlefield seems solid, uh, still buggy, so mm -hmm. hopefully they can figure that out. I'm still putting it on the money that it's going to be on Game Pass Day okay. One. I just feel, I, I just feel, 
Uh, you might be on to something because it just when makes I, too much sense. It makes sense. And then I was on the dashboard. Uh, I don't know if you checked it out recently. Mm-hmm. Um, the beta that says it's going to be available for download for us, you know, as common folk. That's not Mr. Mary <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you know, the rest of us. It, says, <laughs> it actually says, you know, Game Pass Ultimate for the beta. So you have to be a Game Pass Ultimate. Again, doesn't guarantee, but mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting that they're promoting if you're an Ultimate member. You can get, you will get in the beta kind mm. of thing. So I was like, interesting, very mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, good to mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I mean, I think something's warming up there, and we probably won't know till the end of October, yeah. Yeah. beginning of November, when mm-hmm. they already have their pre-orders. Yeah. Uh, next, Far Cry Six. Yes. Uh, I put about twenty-five hours into Ooh. this, finished it. I was very surprised how many people were in line with what I was thinking to a T, which is it's just very tiresome what Ubisoft is doing. It's overly familiar. It's watered down mechanics from past games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I call it my review masturbatory game design because the way I looked at it was mm-hmm. they just can't fucking get over Far Cry 3, man. Like, they really? literally can't. There's the flamethrower mission cog. Uh, they got a mission where you get drunk again. You hallucinate wow. again. It's on an island, a tropical island. Like, everything. It's like they just... It, I don't know what happened, but they just can't get over themselves. <laughs> like, mm. They can't. And it's continuous. It's cycling over and over. Mm-hmm. Not only that, I think the story just squanders any potential impact it could have because of the way that Ubisoft just feels the need to tell their stories instead of giving you a linear, maybe 10-hour experience mm-hmm. uh, in an open world with lots of things to do. Right. They instead give you a drawn-out story through three arcs in three regions that just cycle characters in and out constantly where they're not around long enough to actually have said impact. Right. And then they attach certain themes that if you play the game, you'll know what I'm talking about to characters to make them interesting, but oh. it falls flat on its face. It seems forced. It seems careless even. Wow. Wow. And so the story just kind of falls flat. And Ooh. ultimately, you're left with what is, I think, for a lot of people, comfort food, open world. Yeah. Uh, but my biggest takeaway, and I do recommend you check out my video on this, okay, is the too. bugs. Mm. Very, very, very buggy. Wow. That's coming from me, by the way. Wow. Y'all know I am the most tolerant bug guy. Yes. I play a lot of these big games. Mm-hmm. I know how complex they are to make. Not, like, intimately, but I'm right. just saying I, I understand and so I'm a little bit more forgiving of it. I'll always mention it, but I am mm. less apt to get annoyed. This was terrible. Wow. This was terrible. And I liked Cyberpunk, but this was terrible. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how an I look indictment. at it. That's an indictment. Yeah. So oh, it brother. was it was quests were failing a ton. Yikes. Uh, not, not going through. Oh no. AI was not working. Uh this I is all about, on visual display. Yeah, I all heard I heard display. I heard the AIs. I've heard Things at the AI is not the greatest. Frame and rate like, drop in, man. Oh, wow. Uh, the other thing was really annoying. Enemies spawning directly on top of me. Oh, no. And it, it, it was one of those situations where I was just looking. We'll talk about this in a little bit, but I was looking at some reviews, and I was like, how many people are actually paying attention when they're mm. playing these games? And are they just playing and dealing with it? Or how many people are actually looking at when you're actually in combat, you'll see on your map, even though you're undetected, you'll kill someone, and you'll see like a red blotch pop up on oh, the mini map. Oh no. yeah, I they hate spawn th- immediately. Yeah, you, I hate stuff you, like that. You know what just happened. I know yeah, yeah. that that's that's bad. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah. the first Far Cry 6, y'all. <laughs> Man, not not crazy about it. One, one thing I forgot real quick on mine is that I forgot half to mention, I'll be remiss is Cog made his VR debut. Oh, yes. 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 And I forgot to mention this in mind. I was just looking at it. I was like, okay, 
So Please. yeah, I, I have been the resident uh, VR hater for many years. <laughs> I have clowned people. I have said I would never do that. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And the last point I'll say is, I don't know if you remember that Time Magazine article where they show like VR, they had the kid with the headset, he got his arms out. Yeah. But it, 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 bro, it was so good. I was like, see, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I don't want that representing us, right? So I was like anti, you know, for a long time. And I got to shout out a couple people. I got to shout out King. He's always been Team VR. I got to shout out the great Bill Stillwell, who I believe is Oculus now. He's actually the guy that did uh, Back Combat for Xbox. He right, did right. Um, uh, what you call it, Project X, X Cloud, amongst other things. But anyway, he's with them. And he's been telling you, Cog, I'm telling you, you're missing out. And da-da-da, next gen. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Finally set this thing up. I'm like, all right, let me do it. Set it up. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone's first I, I I was wrong. I was I was I was yeah. very wrong. Like, you know when they got me? I'm not even gonna get into a game yet. They got me at the demo. Like there was a workbench. I was like, Maddie, pick you in this workbench. Mm-hmm. It's like futuristic. They got these little cubes and you're like, you're manipulating the cube and you're holding it in here. I'm like, yo, I'm in the room. And then it's like, they got little I just rocks. love how you had a fucking cube on your desk. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like yo, they, they give you all these little random things to play with. They got like a rocket and it's flying around my room. I'm like, yo, this is where... I'm embarrassed to say <laughs> this is probably the most embarrassing, but that's what they got me. So they do, I'm doing all this stuff. Then there's another, like a program you pick up, like a cartridge, you put it in a virtual machine, you press mm. it virtually. A robot comes up right to you. Right. So you're like, all right, what's, what's up with the robot? What's going on? So the robot put out both his heads and it's like, so I'm like, what's, what's this? So you grab, they tell you to grab the robot head. So then music drops. <laughs> Oh and my. it's this a dead sequence, bro. I'm like, yo, but no. it's so fun. And it's like you gotta twirl the robot around like a father. Then it's like it lets you go, go ahead, Kong, do your thing. And I was I, I was I was doing I was doing my thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I ain't go front. It was if anybody could see what I was doing, like with like from the outside looking in, like yeah, just it, someone like completely saw looking yes, through your window and you're was just like doing a, a little ca- mass effect dance and you go through. <laughs> Bro, if there's a camera in there, it was probably the most embarrassing. Like, what is that man doing? <laughs> but I'm not gonna front. The tech has improved dramatically. Mm. Shout out to the Quest 2. I'm very impressed to the point now that look, your boy, they everybody's telling me yeah. Half-Life Alex. They, people tell me last year that was the game of the of the year. Yeah, and I, I gotta play that still. I have to play it now to see, but just got to shout that out, and I'm playing the uh, sure. Star Wars game, um, Vader, uh, Vader Immortal, and that, that was pretty, oh, pretty cool, pretty, very that my, cool. That was my go-to. Yeah, that was my go-to, man. I loved Vader Immortal. Just, oh, uh, oh, so UVR? I didn't oh, know that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the Rift. I got the Rift oh, S. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know. I haven't played it much lately because the second that Facebook got really intrusive with yeah, Oculus, I, I just dropped it. I was, I didn't feel comfortable with it. Yeah, there's, I, there's a level of having my data and there's scanning my fucking bedroom kind of having my data i was like you know what i'll wait till i'm comfortable i'm not gonna never play vr i I get it i got you but to me i was just like you know what i got other shit to play the the only point i'll say that it's valid uh, yeah i know this thing's going on right now this thing's going (laughs) for sure the only thing i will say is i do like the fact that i can separate my name and you know my government and the uh, Lord, Lord Cognito, so it's not visible to anyone. So I like that mm. part, but I understand a lot of people feel the way. But that's all I gotta say. Right on. Last mm. game I just want to throw out yes, there sir. is uh, Act Razor Renaissance. Ooh. 
Yes, this uh, this this came out in the '90s, Ooh. and I heard about it. Just sounded like such a Maddie game. You know, I love like mixing and matching different mechanics in games. Like, look at Persona, right? It's a yeah. life sim, but it's also a great RPG. Mm-hmm. And so, Actraiser is this tough two D side scroller, but it's also a god game where you're manipulating yep. your settlements yep. and helping them build. And it's not super in depth. Oh, I they, remember it. Super Nintendo it, classic. Yes, absolutely. For mm-hmm. its time, that's the thing. It's so clever. It's so impressive. And they really just brought it, added some more story moments, and developed it a, a bit more where it's a little more visually appealing. I like it a lot. Yeah. I really do. I'm 10 hours in. I like it a lot. I didn't get to play it much this week because of Far Cry and Battlefield, but now I'm back to it. I'm playing it on PlayStation. Don't know why Xbox didn't go and get this one. Yeah. Can't tell you. It's uh, it's going to be a consistent thing on this show. But uh, yeah, yeah ActRaiser is great. Mm-hmm. Been digging it a lot. Really nice. looking forward to finishing it. Nice. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. Now we got our warm-up questions. Adam Winter is the first one. It's not really a question, but still want to talk about it. Hey, boys. Not really a question here, but I felt the need to write in and give you guys some props following last week's episode. I'll admit my perception of Jeff was quite negative due to the fact that my only exposure of him was through his Twitter activity, and I wasn't sure what I was going to expect going into the episode given his relationship with Colin. I even contemplated skipping the episode entirely, but much to my surprise, I enjoyed a lot of what he had to say and thought he brought a good amount of insight to the discussions. I'm sure there's probably some awkwardness on your end, and Jeff could have easily said fuck it and pulled out of the show entirely, but I'm glad he didn't, and props to him for that. Shout out to Cog as well for his piece at the very end of the episode regarding what happened during the week. A lot of content creators come across as overly positive online to the point of seeming fake or forced, but with Cog, you could tell it comes from a place of genuine sincerity. Keep bringing that energy to the show, big man. It's better for it. Anyway, thanks for all the work you guys do. The whole COVID experience has been quite a roller coaster here in Australia, but LSM's content has been a consistent bright spot for me this whole time. Cheers, Adam. Thank you, Adam. All of our love. Appreciate yes, you. I just want to talk about this because yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. before our episode went live, there were a lot of people just saying, you know, we're not going to stand for this. And you mm-hmm. and I were talking behind the scenes going, all yeah, right, yeah. well, here, here we go. And uh, when it went live, there were people who were very vocal and saying that they were going to skip and yeah. we're okay with that. But what I was happy to see was a lot of people came out with uh, a really positive impression when the episode was done and, and please take it away. This is, this is all you really. No, man. I mean, yeah, you set it up uh, beautifully. I, my, my thoughts kind of exactly, um, you know, those, listen, we, we, we're now developing our relationship as far as defining Duke and, and building this show. And, and that was one of those ones as a mark for me mentally 
that I'm very proud of because, you know, we knew coming in what was going on, right? Obviously, we got so much love for Colin. Obviously, and we both of us had a relationship with Jeff on some level, you know, with Grub on some level prior. So we knew, obviously, the events of the week what came into it. But what was so cool was people that actually gave it a shot. And then Mm -hmm. when they gave it a shot and seen what was going on and... I just look respect to both parties because at the end of the day we got you know how much we love Colin right so it's like for him to yeah. again have the open mindedness to allow us to run defining Duke the way we run and, and and not have any ego and say hey you can't have such and such on right because that, that easily mm-hmm. could have happened right and then to Jeff obviously with the you know the the exchange on Twitter and everything that happened with the past you know being the bigger man coming on and to me. It's all about gaming. The mission is always going to be gaming. And I, I like that we can set the example and get people across the aisle to kind of, you know, and I, yeah. I'm about using the platform in that way. Like, we're everybody at the end of the day, even if we disagree, because we going to say stuff people ain't going to like, right? Mm-hmm. right? But sure. at the end of the day, it's always cool to be able to have those gaming conversations because that's, that's what unifies us. So, yeah, for, for me, it was... I was proud. I was proud that it, it went the way it went. We we had fun. I, I thought it was a really fun, informative episode. But what was your take on it? Like, yeah, I, I agree entirely. I thought it was a really good episode. I would argue it was one of our best. I yeah. just think we had a good energy to it uh, that wasn't forced. And Jeff, you know, I'm not even just saying this to blow smoke up his ass. He he brought a lot to the table yes. that we otherwise would not have known on a very particular episode where we thought we had the information. He brought a new layer there, mm-hmm. and I think Jeff knew going in that's sort of what he had to do i think he knew to win some of the audience over he had to go kind of information blowout Mm -hmm. uh there was a lot of uh stories that broke out through our episode uh, about hellblade and avowed and uh what's going on with the game awards we had a a lot of scoops in our episode and i think he knew that uh, that's how you you kind of get the ear of the audience Mm -hmm. and uh, he was good energy the whole time and we talked about it at the end right we talked about what happened with colin Mm -hmm. and how it uh is something that hopefully they bury the hatchet on because i think one of the things that you and i want to do with this show is uh let it serve as a healing yes let it serve as a healing yeah you know we we want to function as a very competitive show and Mm -hmm. i know we are Mm -hmm. but we also want to not that by the way i'm saying this about sacred symbols so i want to make that very clear absolutely shout out to them but Last Stand isn't always trying to beef with everyone. Right. And we want to welcome, just like Colin does, anyone onto our show, our main show, mind you, to talk no matter how much you disagree with myself, Cog, or even the dude who hired us both yes. to do this show. Mm-hmm. We do not care. If you are interesting to listen to and you bring something to the table, we want to have you on our show. It's just that simple. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. So expect more more guests yeah. and um thank you to those who supported our episode and also thank you for keeping an open mind when yes. we when we brought jeff on um everyone knows he's good for leaks but you know thank you for keeping an open mind giving him a shot and uh, mm-hmm. supporting him well we we really were happy to see that too yeah and i was really you know every now and then i go through the comments on, on the patreon and the you know lsm patreon and i i was I was pleasantly surprised, like people, the feedback really, mm-hmm. you know, obviously not everyone, but the ratio was to a point where I was like, yo, that's cool. You know, some yeah. people were really won over and they really enjoyed and respected what we attempted to do. Yeah. And I've, I've talked a little bit about this. This is the last I have to say on it sure, is sure. Uh, with, with Duke Ultimate, you know, we're scheduling a couple of interviews that um, aren't like controversial, I'd say, but we want to take the tough topics. I think that's one of the things that's a part of Last Dan's brand. You know, we saw 
Colin interview the likes of Philip Musin. Yes. And uh, when I see that as the person who helps run this show, you know, you look at our show and I'm like, all right, what can we do to, to com- not compete on that level, but mm-hmm. like offer more of what people love about Last In? Yes. And so we're working on those things and not everyone's going to love everyone we bring on. That's okay. We want the audience to always voice it because you see how much you shape our show. We just added a segment today based off your feedback. We trimmed the Game Pass Pick of the Week slash Back Compat Pick of the Week based mm-hmm. off your feedback. So we're always listening. But we're, we're going to keep taking those daunting tasks, if you will. And uh, mm-hmm. we just thank you for supporting us every step of the way. Absolutely. All right. Number two goes to Neo JD. With PlayStation introducing game trials to their first party games, starting with Death Stranding and Sackboy, do you think Xbox will ever up the ante? I find this interesting. <laughs> they already have all their first party games on Game Pass. But do you think they can maybe even try every game on the platform for an hour or so and then give you a small discount to get you to buy it on Xbox over PlayStation. Imagine Destiny 3 comes out and Xbox lets you try it for an hour and then you get possibly a percentage off of full retail for buying it on their store. Could this be possible? What do you guys think? Hmm. <laughs> Shout out to Neo. It's very optimistic here. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, the trial thing is cool, obviously. You know, I'm not going to say if all parties are willing, don't do it. But the thing where I... I don't know. I don't know if it meshes well with the Game Pass model because at the end of the day, Game Pass is already giving you a discount if you buy the game in its over in its service, yeah. right? So that part of the mo- the monetization mo- monetization model, I don't know if they're willing to let you get a trial. The only thing I was thinking of in reference to this that they possibly could leverage is XCloud, mm. in the sense that I know they're pushing, hey you know, if you bought it or whatever, but if you don't want to wait, you can go to the cloud right now. Because let's be real, these install sizes take a while, right? Yes. They're really big, You and the cloud can jump in, and do, they're doing cloud from console now. So if you have it, that may be a way in, but again, I don't know if they're in the business of giving you this trial, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see PlayStation do that. I want to see what your thoughts on that that aspect in, pertain, in pertaining to Xbox. Yeah, I find the selection of games very telling for PlayStation, Death Stranding, and Sackboy. I can imagine these are the two that are not doing so well. So yeah, it's probably the ideal games for trials. It reminds me of what uh, Bethesda did. They gave our trials to Prey when Prey was selling like shit and they let you try it for an hour. Uh, same thing with Wolfenstein too. Try it for an hour and if you like it, you buy it for a discount, but you, you get a good feel for the game before then. I'm always for customers having their hands on something before buying it. I know a lot of reviewers and previewers don't really talk about that much because that's sort of the bread and butter of their content and it would hurt them if those went away. But I'm of the mindset that give the people the ability to play the game and feel it for themselves rather than just hearing about it and having people like myself document their experience. There will always be a purpose with that, but I'm always for letting the, the customers try the games themselves. So I would love Xbox to do this, but with all the things they have baked into Game Pass and COD, you marvelously brought up, of course, xCloud and the streaming capabilities. While trials are really appealing, I think they would very much direct you into Game Pass and say, well, 15 bucks, you got all these games, not just two. And if you're curious about them, provide your internet holds up, you can stream them and try it yourself. No downloads. And there is effectively a trial there. I think there's something there uh, worth looking into, but I, I like how, for example, Death Stranding, I think they said it's about six hours. Like, they yeah. give you a really yeah. good look at the game. Right. Really strong look at the game. 
which I guess technically you would, well, of course you'd get with Game Pass because you're downloading the full game or you're you're streaming the full game. Right. Uh, but this is uh, this is something I would be for if Xbox could yeah. swing it. But I, I think with Game Pass, they're just going to redirect you in that way. I just thought of something. I, I, I don't know if it's still going on. I haven't checked in a while because I haven't played a lot of EA games in a while. But mm. EA used to do this. And and, and yeah. um, Game Pass Ultimate, they're in Game Pass Ultimate. I know for a fact the Maddens do it. I know, like, before the new Madden comes out, you get the 10-hour, you know, yeah. if you're in Game Pass Ultimate, two days before kind of a deal. Correct. And you yeah. get to rock out. So... I'm assuming, again, correct me if I'm wrong, everybody, anybody who's listening, you know, that that is across the board still with a lot of their titles from a trial standpoint. Yeah. So I, I know EA d- does it, and they, they, I think they've continued to do it since they've now kind of been absorbed into the Game Pass Ultimate tier kind of yeah. thing. So, you know, they, they that's something that they live by. But it will be interesting, like you said, to see if any other, you know, companies or first-party Microsoft would ever consider doing that. Absolutely. And... I think they'll they'll talk about it, but ultimately, it's either you add another layer to Game Pass, or you just say go here and download right. whatever you want amongst our hundred plus game library. Right. Number three comes in from Professor Chaos. Hey Dukes, this is my first write in as a new subscriber. Welcome, Professor Chaos. Hello. Thank you so much. I have noticed a trend in the reviews of Far Cry Six. Almost everyone is saying things like more of the same and even going as far as giving the title low scores because it's too because sorry it is too much like the previous titles. My question is more in regards to trends in these types of reviews and not just Far Cry 6 specifically. I see what I think may be a bit of a double standard when it comes to excitement for these types of titles. On one hand, I hear things like same old rehashed game sold to us again. But then the same people are excited, overhyped when they hear of a remaster of a game they've already played, such as Mass Effect or Alan Wake. We complain when studios give us more of the same and then ask for more of the same. For Ubisoft in particular, just today I see people complaining Far Cry 6 is the same thing they've done all over and then complaining about the direction that they're taking Ghost Recon franchise in. Can they not just make a splinter cell? I would that. <laughs> I'm curious about your thoughts on this. I apologize for the long question and do hope you have an itch in the middle of your back type of day. Damn, not the itch in the middle of the back day. <laughs> I never had those... that problem. My, my arms get back, so oh, I've never wow. had that. Oh, yeah. you like plastic, man. This man yeah. just got... Yeah, I when you got arms like mine, bro, that ain't happening. No, I was gonna say this is the the perk of not being built yet, right? I'm going to the gym, but right now I gotta enjoy my ability to reach behind before my biceps block me. I'm dead. <laughs> That's a good. What Chris. do you think about this? You know, mm-hmm. you uh, we we definitely love our Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Mm-hmm. I haven't played Alan Wake, but what what do you think about the conversation of Far Cry Six and it being rehashed versus uh? how people receive remasters i think there's a distinction i think there's a separate distinction i, I see where professor chaos is going but i think there's a the distinction is the sequel versus you know a, a title you have not seen in a while and then there is a remaster or a remake or what have you and i think there there is a difference i think the nostalgia for a classic game is always going to supersede you know a a, a sequel in a sense that the sequel is going to be rated tougher. At the end of the day, there's stuff to measure it by. And then you're going to say, okay, what did you do to iterate or to make it better kind of thing? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of going against itself. So people are going to be harder on it. And I think we had a question similar to this a couple of Dr. Fine and Dukes ago about, about that. And, you know, and, and look, it, it's not easy. It's not easy. You know, it's the constant one-upping. And, and a lot of people say, hey, 
you know, I do like what the core element of it is. And then the other people are going to say, look, it's more Far Cry or it's more whatever, whatever. You know, it, it comes down to your preference, what you like. But I do feel there is a difference with bringing, you know, KOTOR back, right? Oh. Right? As opposed to Jedi Fallen Order 2 comes out. And then we go, oh, you know, they're kind of doing the same. It is. I, I kind of get that. I kind of get that. So that, that's my thought. Yeah. What, what do you think on it? Yeah, I think you, you put it exactly how I was looking at it. It's just the expectation is with another entry in a series that there should be new content. It should hold the DNA, but it's about evolution, right? right. It's about taking those things the next step forward while maintaining that same feel. Uh, in the case of Far Cry, it's, okay, this is a wacky open world how do we stay wacky open world while doing new things for our players? And instead they went back to, as I mentioned, their checklist, their revolving door of characters. It's rolled out the same way as far cry five. They make the same mistakes. They have the same successes. Whereas something like a remaster is, I think number one is exciting for a lot of people truthfully, because you know, you're getting a good game. There's no question marks on how certain things will play out. Mass effect was a told trilogy. It's, you know, it's going to be good. So it's an easy sell, and it's a chance for people who missed out the first time, which many did, to get in on it. Whereas, again, with Far Cry 6 or any new entry in any series, the expectations are much higher because it's a full new game, which I know you're aware of, Professor Chaos, and I understand the double standard that you're pointing out where when Ubisoft does something different that people are complaining, but you don't do something different for the sake of just being different. You have to make sense of it. So, for example, making a battle royale Tom Clancy game. That's not what people are asking for. That's being out of touch. So you're doing something different, but it's not the different people are looking for. And in the case of the entire industry, it's honestly very familiar. Right. And it's why you can't compartmentalize every company, or I'm sorry, just the entire games industry. Like the treatment of Ubisoft is very specific because they make very copy paste games. And I loved Valhalla right. because I feel like Assassin's Creed got shaken up starting with Origins and really moving into Odyssey where it was very different from what we got for a decade pretty much. Right. Where I loved Watch Dogs Legion because... Not loved. I enjoyed Watch Dogs Legion <laughs> because it introduced a new system where you right. could play as everybody. Right. That's why those games are celebrated, but you're seeing Far Cry struggle Mm -hmm. so immensely i think with critics is because they they just refuse to reinvent themselves yeah and and, and even in that respect it, it's a risky it's not easy what it being developed because it's still risky because if you 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 go too far left right and add too many new things and people are like well this is not a, a such a mm -hmm. such far cry type game right so it's a balance so it's like it ha you said it best where it has to be maybe new innovative but fits the you know the core elements it, or it, it ties in the core elements of why you love it, right? And, yep. and again, it's not an easy thing, but I do feel that, yeah, if it's some of the same thing over and over and you're just kind of like resting on your laurels because you know these these aspects of the gameplay people liked prior and you're just giving them again, then it may not, it's not most likely going to resonate very highly in Metacritic or whatever with the reviewers. So it, it's a tough balance. Yep. I just realized I also didn't complete my thought a yeah, second continue. ago. So I apologize uh, to, to the listeners. I was like, <laughs> I, I like half finished it, then passed it to you. I was like, all right, all right let me good? complete complete what I was thinking. 
Ubisoft's also just really known for, as I point out in my Far Cry review, they take the ideas of others. And so this is another example of them doing that. It's why you're seeing blowback for them in particular, where something like God of War came under fire. I put fire in quotes when you saw the same boat animations and stuff and Ragnarok and there was very familiar combat. There's a reason why Ubisoft comes under fire because they have a, a really bad track uh, tr a track record of constantly just taking others' ideas and not thinking of how to improve them, but yeah. just putting them in their games and saying, hey, that's cool. Let's do that. And it's very, it's for those who are wondering why, it's because with game design, it's very easy to pitch to another developer a one-to-one -one example and be like, this is what we want to do. Yes. Instead of trying to create your own thing and explain it, put it on paper, step-by-step, -step, here's how systems interact. There's, there's so much more that goes on with that, where it's very easy to say, that there. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Um, I, I know it sounds obvious, but there's a level of, you know, I'm experiencing it personally, yeah. of design that goes into systems that are new, that haven't been done, where where you go, okay, this is actually way more difficult to pitch. So I get why they do it, mm -hmm. but they have uh, obviously a multi-million dollar budget where I think they should be trying to do some new things like Mario and Rabbids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, like Sony Santa Monica is not going to come under fire for that because they don't have this long-standing history of not iterating on their ideas. Absolutely. All right. Number four goes to Nicholas Brilhart. Greetings, Dukes and Lords. I write in this week in response to your discussion of Xbox developing family-friendly titles using its internal talent. Banjo-Kazooie means the world to me. I've got the duo inked on my leg. Wow. Uh, all right. That being said, there's a problem with your idea, and that's that Microsoft has a team capable of doing it right. Sure, they could remaster it, but Banjo has a special blend of British humor that Double Fine couldn't do justice. And the talent that made it possible at Rare has mostly gone forward and formed Platonic games. Could you see Microsoft reacquiring the talent of Platonic to, to bring back a golden age of 3D platformers or at the very least leveraging them like they are doing with Avalanche and IO Interactive? Mm, interesting. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's a good point as far as what Nicholas is saying with the spirit of Banjo. I understand where he's going with that. And you definitely, mm -hmm. it almost reminds me of, um, you know, Fable in the sense that there's certain British humor and, you know, tingracies yeah. with it that, you know, if it's not there, it kind of wouldn't be a Fable game. So I understand his point. I understand the point with, you know, the studio defunct doesn't exist you know i understand rare is and, and i understand his point he's actually making valid points as far as uh team resources on the xbox game studio side right everyone right. most likely is working on something and who would actually do it so yeah if you the, the key to me i always feel is getting people who want to do the project right and and the availability to do said project so yeah if there was a way to get x what is it playtronic you know, people, absolutely, you, you you go do that, you know, but at the same time, how realistic is that, right? And that, I think that is maybe one of the reasons why we're not seeing it is because it's the difficulty to get the right team and the available team to do it. And I, I think also in my mind, when I think of this, I think of maybe why Killer Instinct, we haven't seen where we haven't seen that either, because it's like, that team's broken up or whatever and you know getting formulating a, an existing studio that's going to have the sensibilities to create the vision and, and mm -hmm. it, that's the struggle with game dev you you just don't want to just throw it to anybody it comes out it flops because the spirit of the game isn't there and it's valid what do you think with, with banjo and uh where's your tattoo at <laughs> <laughs> yeah right i need to get one eventually but soon 
I understand where Nick is coming from too. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with anything he said. I think this would be ideal if Xbox went this route. It just makes the most sense. It's the the best unison of talent who's familiar with it, with the IP, and uh, just something that you could see Xbox going for. But I think that Xbox's goal is to get their internal studios to work with their IP and having a lot more crossovers internally rather than going outside for license deal with IP that they currently own. So I look at something like Banjo and when you have Psychonauts 2, which is a proven, strong, thoughtful 3D platformer, obviously Double Fine should do what Double Fine wants. But if I'm Phil and team, I pitch to them like, hey, People want Banjo. We need something more recognizably family-friendly. Psychonauts isn't that. Let's do let's do Banjo again right. and put them on it because they can make a good game. And not that Playtomic can't, but we've right. seen how good of a game Double Fine can make, oh, how sincere sure, of a game. Sure. And I have faith in their humor. Uh, mm-hmm. I understand the the blend of British humor that could be an omission if they don't really finally tap into right. a specific type of humor. But Psychonauts 2 was hilarious. Oh, it's absolutely hilarious. It was a it was a really funny game. Oh yeah. And so I just think that Double Fine makes too much sense for this. And I would if I was Xbox, I I'd go to them cuz here's the thing is we're I don't want to sound disrespectful when I say this cuz one of the games I'm going to talk about is one I love a lot, but Let's like Wasteland it. 3, Psych- Psychonauts 2. I'm sure while Xbox is thrilled they did well, these are not for internal first-party studios, Xbox brand builders, right? Correct. I think something like a Banjo, I think what uh, In Exile is working on next, their big AAA FPS RPG, I think those are going to be brand builder games, right? And so you've got to find a 3D platformer that would build up Xbox, which is really tough to do. And you got to do it with your internal studio. So I think it's obvious you fork them something like banjo or blinks the time sweeper maybe you know like go into that bag and and give them something kind of recognizable maybe not blinks is that recognizable, <laughs> but i like blinks what can i say Shout out to blinks. <laughs> yeah we gotta see i mean the, the, the question for me always just comes down to because we hear the story about they have their ability to create what they want but mm-hmm. i do feel internally there must be some things that xbox as a whole says, Hey, these are some cool IPs that we have on the back burner. Like what if in the, in the team meeting, you know, they got all the studios. Hey, if anybody wants to do this banjo or this, if I, you know, this is available for you. Like, I'm curious to see how that structure. Works. I always wondered that. Yeah. Like yeah. How, do you, how do you pitch that? Does someone just have an idea and they go, Hey, let's pick up the phone or, right. or like does, does say Tim Schaefer go to Phil and say, Hey, we want to make banjo game. Mm-hmm. I think typically it's a, a pitching process, but yes, I do wonder how that all comes together. I agree, especially now with all of them under the unroof, especially Bethesda. I, I I would love to know how it would work to pitch a collaborative project as well, mm-hmm. right? And we, you know, your beloved Fallout makers mm-hmm. are in there. You got mm-hmm. NXL, you got all, you got Obsidian, you got all these people. And I'm very curious to see how the pot where I would love to be, a, you know, a kind of fly. Yeah, they're, uh, in my eyes, I just think Xbox is trying to play a little bit of chess here. I think just some of the matchups in philosophy is not coincidental. You, mm-hmm. you look at 343 and id, you look at Bethesda and Obsidian, Ooh. Obsidian and Exile being announced at the same time. Mm-hmm. I just don't think moments like those just happen. I agree. 
they they're thought out. These deals take a while to come into place, and I there's agree. a long roadmap. They're they're not just buying these studios. Where everyone's thinking like next two three years, mm -hmm. but like this long roadmaps. Those crossovers, I feel confident, will happen, and I think that's what they're looking for. And I got to push back on one thing Cobra Commander said about studio. Shout out to Whoa. Sacred Symbols. Shout out to the shout out my homie Whoa. Colin and Dustin and all. Of, I know there's a lot of talk about organic development mm. but i will mm. say i gotta defend xbox on this aspect you know and as far as the bethesda acquisition that was organic that that was they've had the making yeah. yeah bro i remember having the og xbox with morrowind mm. and i know we're gonna probably get into stuff it's just a, a topic like that but it's just like at the end of the day the 360 and some, we're gonna get it there's some great questions but basically my point is not everything is just the corporate takeover and we just bought you and you go assimilate in. There are situations where, yo, it was a developing thing for years. They worked with Microsoft yeah. for years. So we'll get into it. I know we got a question. That's for why that. I'm on the mindset. I don't think Sega would be that big of a deal. But yeah, I either. also understand why people mm -hmm. would be upset with it. I don't want any of this because I understand taking mm -hmm. games off the market sucks. But yeah. Sega, they were there for a launch game on the original Xbox, for God's sake. Exactly. Peter Moore yeah. was the head of... Microsoft at one point, who was also the head of Sega and Dreamcast, mm -hmm. and one of his statements when he came to Xbox was like, yo, I hate PlayStation, they killed my Sega. <laughs> he <laughs> actually said that. Like, he was like, I bro, that. I didn't know that. part of his drive for the 360 era was like, yo, we have to be out first, we gotta dominate, we're gonna get these exclusive. Like, he was very aggressive. I got so much love for Peter Moore. Like, Peter Moore is actually, I'm actually a Peter Moore guy, shout out to Phil, Phil's to the homie, he's the legend, Phil Dominus, Maximus, we all give him all the titles yeah, yeah. that we do on IOP. But I'm just saying, I come from the Peter Moore school. He, to me, really made Xbox a brand. He made 360 something special. And it was those Sega ties and those relationships yeah. that he had. It's funny because then he went to like, what was it, EA? Yeah, yeah. He's got such a bad rep. <laughs> yeah, but but he did, if you remember, do history, um, EA didn't play nice with Microsoft for a long time. If you remember the sports titles, they wouldn't come over like that. EA was huge back then. They would not play. And I believe it was the integration, the Xbox Live. They didn't want to do it. He helped kind of broker that behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And now your boy is like owner of the football team. The, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The Liverpool. Oh, my yeah. God, man. He, he's I'm, like he would be a dream interview. I, I'm not going to lie. Like, there's, one, there's people on my bucket list. Peter, if you listen. We'll get him. We we'll got you, bro. I, I love you some Peter Moore, man. Love we'll get him. I think that's a very possible one. No doubt. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you.
Josh Rockstark is our last question. We'll get into the news afterwards. What's good, Dukes? One of the major Japanese retailers, Geo, has decided to stop selling the Xbox consoles in stores because of Game Pass. Do you guys think this is a blow that stifles Xbox's success in the Japanese market? Or is xCloud strong enough to make up for this? I personally think it hurts Xbox just when things were starting to fire up in the Japanese market. Thanks for all you do. Now, what was my surprise, Cog, Mm -hmm. was when I was trying to dig this up, I was really having a tough time finding the article. Right. And the only one that I could find was of this obscure, unheard of site like Mm Aroged.com talking about it. And the headline would read, due to Game Pass, yet the article states the fault apparently would be Game Pass, Hmm. which is assumed... And this comes from a heavily translated article by, I believe, the I'll get the exact name of the outlet in a sec, mm-hmm. uh, Morning Sun, that was a Japanese outlet. And so okay. I think this is a case of pretty misleading right. news. Rising right. Sun is what it's called. Yeah, Geo's okay. drastic decision may have been encouraged by Xbox's poor success in the Rising, or in the rising Sun. Sorry. Okay. But I just found this to be something that we should just quickly talk about because uh, it's, it's a bit misleading yeah. in why they're doing it. Yeah, it's always about the sourcing, right? It's always about the sourcing, you know, the reporting, and, and I love you did, did the due diligence there to kind of try to vet it and see what's up. And to me, I'm always a person, I, I try to get multiple sources on stuff before I, I run with it. And even if you don't have, in, in a specific case where you don't have the multiple sources and there's one outlet, you know, I always try to, as much as I can, be clear, hey, alleged, rumored, this is, you know, kind of thing. I did find this quite hilarious. I was just like, okay, Game Pass is the reason that you're not, you know, having a retail in the region. Okay. Until I see more of it, until I hear, like, for example, if, you know, Bloomberg and and a couple other, you know, sites that were more involved in gaming and reporters that I kind of have relationships with or kind of have that reputation, then if they collaborate that, then I'm like, okay. But for right now, I'm kind of like, all right, we'll see until I, you know what I'm saying? I'm not there with it. But, you know, what, what about you? I mean, shout out to you for doing the, the due diligence. Yeah, it's um, the thing that I, I really have tried to figure out is why it is not, if it were to have been true, right. why it wouldn't have been covered at all. But right. the most I can gather is that, like, they're currently not carrying it but like no no sites re-reporting it it's hard to even find the original source saying Mm. this but there were people who were talking about it for a little bit of time and i just wanted to to write the record on that that it seems that the consoles are no longer being sold in their stores but there is no distinctive reason as to why so this could go down to just supply chains uh to to even yes game pass right but uh i think some surprisingly responsible journalism across the industry <laughs> is occurring. Like I said, until I hear from the, some select people with uh, that reputation and multiple accounts from other retailers doing this, I can't really run mm-hmm. crazy with this just yet. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the news, Carl. Let's get it. Number one, Xbox made their presence felt at the Tokyo Game Show this past week. Announced there were long overdue additions to the Game Pass library in the name of Scarlet Nexus, which just released this June, and I, the Somnium Files. The team at Xbox also confirmed cloud gaming is available in Australia, Brazil, Japan, and Mexico, allowing for streaming on tablets, phones, and PCs. 
Lastly, Starfield and Redfall were confirmed to receive localizations for the worldwide audience. At the same time, Todd Howard had confirmed that Starfield boasts a script of over 150,000 lines of dialogue, which is 40,000 more than Fallout 4. And you had a lot to say about that. I did. <laughs> I did. Because I watched your video. And, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It was funny because you were like, yo, about dialogue, man. I don't know. If mm-hmm. they, they talking. I don't know if I want my dude talking this much. This mm-hmm. could be, I, I listen to the Maddie plays. I listen yeah. to him. Look, you know, first of all, I just like the fact that we did get some, you know, Starfield news. I think the most underrated thing here is localization. I think that is a huge deal. Huge deal. Shout out to some of my writers at lordsofgaming.net. We've got some brothers from uh, Croatia that write for us, you know, and they tell us, they're like, yo, you know, localization, you know, it, 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 it's a big deal. A lot of different regions. And I think for me, why it's so important with Japan is that if you are to be taken seriously, you need to have the, the language and the feel of the culture. If you don't respect the culture, how can you really intend to make an indent? And, and and my thing is, I know that's a lot of resources. I'm not trying to just kind of like rag on Xbox. Like, it's not easy. That's a that's a big deal. But to put in right. that work is a good sign. And I shout out to that. And then as far as the the Game Pass announcements, Scarlet Nexus is huge. I th- mm-hmm. I really think that's a, a good look. You know, maybe I would have liked the day and date, but hey, you know, like we had Grum on, it could have been a situation that they, you know, a lot of these companies are saying, hey, we may not, if we don't do good out the gate, we got that mm-hmm. game pass on the back end, right? You know what I'm saying? So yep. that's one of those, you know, I always butcher the name. How you pronounce it? I O I A I. I always I. I. There we go. I think that's a huge deal as well. You want those type of titles on your platform, it, it resonates with the region. And the last thing that, was it mentioned here? Well, actually, two things. Cloud gaming, huge. It launched also during TGS. Huge deal. Mm-hmm. But the one I really want to focus on is, um, and I mentioned it was Sarah Bond again. She's out here killing it with the ID at Xbox with Japanese game developers, over 200. Yes. See, to me, that's the key because you want that fresh up and coming talent in the indie scene that's from the region on your platform and if that grows and they become the next kojima or whoever right you birthed that on your platform you gave the next generation of developers a shot and i love what they're doing there so slow steady look did we get the big persona 5 did we get all the monster did sega happen no but i still like these moves for long-term commitment but what, what do you think about this stuff uh, yeah, it's certainly all good news across the board. I don't think there's anything here that is bad or concerning. Uh, I talked about this a little bit on how I think the time is coming for Xbox in the next year to stop the half measures. Uh, Ooh, these are great. Yeah. These are great. I like it in Scarlet Nexus there, but what you need? my what you example need? Of, of going in would be get Scarlet Nexus day one next time. Pay a little bit more. I the Somnium Files, it shouldn't be celebrated. It's coming to the platform two years later or however long. It's like like about two years. It should be there day one. And we were just talking about ActRaiser. Like that should be there day one. So I've been starting to feel a little bit more like Xbox's support in Japan is a bit performative because they know their fans want it. Right. But it's not a good business sense to go all in right now in their eyes, which I understand and I respect 
but I think there's a large Western audience that wants to play these Japanese games and mm-hmm. they would love to support them on Xbox. And there's a reason why PlayStation and Nintendo are always guarantees beyond them just being Japanese companies. There's a reason why those games are always there day and date. And it's because their fans support those games because those games they can count on always being there. Right. Xbox fans will end up going to those platforms to play these games because they know they'll always be there. Right. There's always a question mark. Their first step in my eyes, start removing the question marks. So it's good that I, the Somnium Files is on Game Pass because the sequel will be on Xbox day one. Right. I want them to continue to do that. But uh, I wasn't disappointed by any of these news. They, they set the expectations, I thought, perfectly for this right. one. Yes. In fact, I was a little bit surprised and excited by, by some of this. But I just wanted to speak, you know, again, our, our motto, Cog, right? Yeah. Not what you what you want to hear. Not what you want to hear, what you need to hear. Right, that's, that's what I was thinking. I was like, yes, yeah, this is very exciting. I don't want to be a party pooper here. Right. I'll, I'll praise the, the good name of I, the Somnium Files in just a moment. But I just want to make it clear that when I saw it, I was like, all right, we need more. Like, it's clear this isn't going to be enough to a, a, an Xbox, a potential Xbox player looking at their platform going, all right, like, I can get my JRPGs here. This doesn't tell me that. It's still in the middle. I, I, I hear where you're going. And, and it's funny. You're literally speaking. We talked about an ILP addict. You're literally voicing what his really? frustrations were, like verbatim. He's like, wow. it's not enough. He was like, you know, I'm tired of, you know, Final Fantasy not there on launch and this and like all these different games. And he mentioned it. I wanted to ask you this question. Though. What about because there was a segment with Phil and Mikami, I believe, because remember they wanted to mm-hmm. promote the Tango thing. And I want to get your feedback of what about the idea of possibly another kind of like homegrown Japanese new studio mm-hmm. developed. So this way you kind of control that because the only, it's not even pushback because you, you got valid arguments. They still could do better. Like there's, I'm not even going to push back because they really can't. Right. The, the thing comes down to, I think Grub last week opened my eyes and enlightened me to the struggle they may be having with not being from the region, right? Then coupled with the fact that there may be a limit to how far they want to financially go if they have some type of analytics and metrics to say, hey, you know, this is the engagement on them titles, you know, we ain't really playing them or whatever they may have internally. Like, so do, do you think like having their own internal, I mean, like their own studio outside of Tango, because Tango, they got they got by proxy, but I want like a, a, a brand new team. Do you think that could help? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think if they had almost, we were talking last week about how the initiative is set up. I think if they had something like that in Japan, that'd be really exciting. This sort of crossover studio, especially Japan loves crossovers, man. Like that's what their, their products are all about. Like you saw Persona and Sword Art Online, like just this wild shit. So I think if you could set up an initiative like studio, that just pitches ideas and generates prototypes. And then you've got companies that do the effectively the heavy lifting afterwards. I think it's a recipe for success. And I think that wouldn't be as scary as an investment for Xbox as like buying outright right. a game. Right. I think that there's something there that you could see immediately, like this will have long-term benefits for us. So I'm, I'm for that. I've always been for that more yeah. than anything. I've always said, I don't think Xbox should just go in and buy out Japan. Right they've got to build up to it. And I think the first step is getting the games day one. I think step two would be announcing almost your commitment by saying not just the ID at Xbox steps. That's great, by the way, mm-hmm. but like setting up a studio, they're being like, this is one of our homes now. That's and then 
buying someone there because now you got Tango. Let's say they get someone. Let's say they get Atlas or they buy out Sega, whatever. Right. Now, just like we have here in the West where everyone's cross collaborating. Right. You don't have this isolated Japanese studio. They got their own home team that mm -hmm. they can work with. That's and I think that's how you build it up. So I one thing I didn't consider, though, that when they talked about the localization is uh, this is really good for their global growth, too. They they tend to kind of ignore this type of stuff. And uh, especially I know Jez Corden had covered this a lot on mm -hmm. uh, Windows Central Gaming about uh, their Windows Store and uh, just how things function for... Uh, global customers it's a very westernized console um which works for us but now seeing that they're going in on localizations they're trying to improve that experience for people uh, across the globe i think is really an underrated decision yeah. that's being made absolutely yeah i agree man and then like you said they could still always do more always improve and go bigger as well yeah and i think that the uh streaming is going to be big because handhelds are huge yes. in japan yes. specifically so being able to play those games on the go, I think that'll go a long way with them yeah, over time. Absolutely. What do you think about uh, 150,000 lines of dialogue, by the way? You've yeah. got the same uh, feeling I do. Where are you at with that? I'm in, a, I'm, I'm wait and see. I'm in my wait and see because I understand the sentiment. You know, I just, I'm like, wow, that's a lot of dialogue, bro. <laughs> that's a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, Star I'm so hyped for Starfield. So it's like, for me, it's just like, I just can't wait. I, I think mm -hmm. I think it's extremely critical, extremely important. But for, to your point, to your direct question, I'm not flipping out just yet. I'm not flipping right. out just yet. But I, I know, I know, Maddie does not like the <laughs> prospects of this. He's very concerned, y'all. He's like, I don't want this guy because this was Fallout Four, right? You don't, you don't mm -hmm. want that Fallout Four too much talking from the guy. You don't want that. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I understand it. I understand it. Yeah. I, I don't know what direction they're going here in reference to that. Is it just that, yo, the game is that expansive that it's, you yes. know, so we go see the Starfield. I'm still hype, man. I'm still one of those. No, games. exactly that. It Exactly that. It's if it is, for those who don't know, my concern is this will be another voice protagonist. And the reason I'm against it with Bethesda Game Studios is they said they tried it with Fallout 4, and they even Todd Howard said afterwards that they were like, we're glad we tried it, but it didn't seem to have worked out that well. Mm. It's a GameSpot interview, if anyone wants to check it out. That's, okay. not, that's me loosely quoting him. Right. But what we saw with Fallout 4 was a game that's role-playing almost disappeared because the protagonist's voice, they couldn't account for all the choices because for everything you did, the character had to react to it. Right. Versus in even Fallout 3, which, by the way, is very like linear. It was good or bad yeah. with all your choices, but it was still choice. Right. And because the world was only responding to you, this is very important because it, number one, allows you to put yourself in your character's shoes a little bit easier, but there's less to account for. There's less right. resources going into that, and it's... Of course, getting the Fallout 4 show, this getting the emotional tone right for certain choices. It's just, you stripped all that out. And so if we see, Cog, 150,000 lines of dialogue, which by the way, Cyberpunk had just about over 100,000. Mm. We see 150,000 lines of dialogue, no voice protagonist. I am going to be actually excited. Yeah. Because then to me, that's like, okay, they took it. For, they took it personally. They were like, we're making, because they said, this is more of a hardcore RPG. Mm -hmm. Now that you can't make a hard, hardcore RPG if your character is voiced. 
Right. But with the way Bethesda does that openness, yeah, the way they've tinkered with choice and consequence in the past, you just, I don't think they can do what Witcher 3 did, which is have those meaningful choices right. while being an open world RPG. Because even the Witcher 3 kind of like puts you down a path. Path, right. I know what you Where mean. Bethesda games are very open. So if they're going to take this in that open route, I feel like the character has got to be voiceless. And since it's a new IP, I think there's a lot of world building they got to do. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be, of course, more lines of dialogue in general because they have to explain and reiterate yeah. things to players. But if there is no voice protagonist <laughs> and this line of dialogue count is accurate, holy smokes, that is great news. I think you're going to be good. I, I, the fact that you said that Todd already recognized that that was something that they would not mm-hmm. want to do again after Fallout 4 would make me lean that, they, that this is you know probably not going to be the case. So I got trust issues, you know? I know, I know. Because you've been burned. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I, yep. I know what you're at. You're like, hey, what it is is this is your baby so you're like how i get you're very meticulous with the minutia and the dd like what, what, what you mean this hundred and fifty thousand? what you yeah, what yeah. you doing what's yeah. going on this is fallout four vibes what you do i know yeah, where I you know. at i know <laughs> <laughs> i think you're gonna be all right man. i think i think they're gonna they're gonna deliver for you all right let's hope let's hope let's hope because he didn't talk in the trailer, right? That's yes, the thing. They, no they had that let, tra- let's go pal in the reveal mm-hmm. trailer, but he didn't talk. He just looked up in yep. the trailer, the main character. I was like, okay. <laughs> like once it ended, there wasn't a word uttered by him. I was like, yes. Good. I, I, like, I can picture the thumbnail of the next Maddie video if there is voice with, with a fan. <laughs> yeah, that, that like that face I made for my Halo Infinite video where I just got that smirk like that. <laughs> It'll be uh, funny if it is, though. I ain't gonna lie. Not that I'm wishing <laughs> that. It would be funny to see what your reaction would yeah. be. Because <laughs> I know it would be. It's one of those videos you gotta make where you're, you're, you know, okay, all right. At least half the people watching this are gonna think I'm overreacting yes. before we actually get to the product. I know, but you're like, I gotta talk about this anyway. It means too much to me. <laughs> I just loved your passion for it because this is a point. Like this is a sticking point, and I love it that you're so passionate about it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be funny. I can't wait. <laughs> until then we go on to number two china will ban video games featuring same-sex relationships effeminate men and moral choices according to a leaked memo revealed by south china morning post this memo states that video games should not be viewed as pure entertainment and that quote if regulators can't tell the character's gender immediately the settings of the character could be considered problematic and red flags will be raised end quote it was just in August that we saw China regulate the time that could be spent playing games, limiting it to three hours per week for any 18 or under. This hasn't been getting a lot of media coverage, and I thought it was really disappointing. Colin brought it to my attention. And I was like, of course, we want to throw this into our show, talk about it a little bit here. So what do you make of the leaked memo here from China? Yeah, not a good look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not a good look. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like we, I hate to get into this, feels like we're getting into the, Ch- the Chinese game development bashing, but bro, I don't like it. I don't like it. And, and here's the thing: if you take a bag <laughs> from, you know, a ten cent or whatever, be cognizant of what comes it with it with your game. Be cognizant because these are the things we talk about. These are the the, the the tendrils that get in and involve, and you've got to be comfortable with that. With me, I, I'm not comfortable with that. Like if I'm a game dev and I, you know, I want to appeal to to the market, and you know, I have any type of same sex relationship in the game or any perceived the fact that it's perceived effeminate. Like, how do you you know? Look at the end of the day, make the game that you want to make. 
and I'm, I'm never going to be in favor of any type of censorship on the game because at, my whole thing is if it affects you as a consumer that much, don't buy it, don't support. But now when a government is telling you what you can and what you can't do in terms of entertainment, it ain't, that, that, ain't, that ain't it for me, bro. So mm-hmm. I, I'm never going to be, I'm always going to be in the side of development and creativity and the artistry. And that's just, oh, I'm always going to stand on that. But what, what about you when you, you heard this stuff? I thought it was just r- really disappointing. I thought like yeah. limiting the play time was already oh, ridiculous, yeah. but it just seems like a complete Stone Age move to, to mm-hmm. limit games, ban them that feature something like same-sex relationships. I would lose my goddamn mind. That means no RPGs or any of that stuff. Yeah, right? like- they all feature moral choices they they feature the the, the same-sex relationships mm-hmm. uh so I, I would lose it on on that alone but uh just this desire to control things that don't matter yes i don't understand it yeah regulating things that are creative expressions right you know worrying about men looking like women women looking like, looking like men mm-hmm. and so on and so forth i, I just don't understand why people are so concerned with how others live and enjoy their lives and Thank how they you. perceive things. Thank I, you. I, I know that's not such a very profound think thinking point or right. talking point. Sorry. But at times I'm just baffled and it's hard to find the words because mm. you look at something like this and go, okay, it's, it's a little unsurprising that they would limit the amount of time that someone could play a week, but to now limit, the games that could be enjoyed, which starts to create a very narrow point mm-hmm. of view and an expectation societally. Like I wouldn't consider myself a macho man. I right. wouldn't, you know, I, I don't think I look that way. I don't think I'm appearing that way. I wouldn't say I appear feminine, but right. certainly I don't think I categorize underneath you know, a typical dude. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with that. Right. I don't mind that at all, but mm-hmm. it seems like they're trying to control almost a worldview. Yeah. That's not healthy. It's and not, it's it goes not. beyond gaming after that. It, it's just, to me, it's just a way too... Con- you're controlling the mindset of the populace. And, mm-hmm. and, and to me, you know, do you want... You know, I, I know I couldn't live in an environment like that. You know, I, I, I'm a very opinionated person. I speak my mind. And, you know, it, it's, it's just unfortunate. It's unfortunate that, you know, there's situations that exist like that in the world and the, the when you see that permeate into video games and entertainment that means another level of control another level of we're telling you how to think how to act what you should do what you can't do you know that's just not an environment for me <laughs> so yeah. i'll just leave it at that i agree and i think the only thing that is problematic and a red flag is this memo here so hopefully yeah. it's not something that ends up actually happening but i would not be surprised if it does and i just on a separate note wish there was more coverage of this yeah. we, we talked about how like fan bites owned by uh mm-hmm. I forgot who it was in china but like they're not going to cover it because it would impact their it position impact, yeah it's compromise stuff. exactly you mentioned tendrils it's the scary amount of tendrils where you're starting to see the press just ignore this stuff i got this from yahoo by the way yahoo news is who covered this and brought this to our attention that should not be happening this I should agree. be on the front page of ign Preach. i'm not usually one to say like here's what the news cycle has to be, be I, right. I, i'm not about that life by the mm-hmm. way but i think when we start to see an actual censorship right. of the the medium we all care about that demands I conversation agree. Absolutely. And I just would I would have appreciated this being plastered a little yeah. bit more. 
And, and, it and the was. scary reality is, and uh, shout out to Colin, he's really been on fire. I love when sacred symbols go there. Is that, you know, the scary reality is when there, the tendrils also permeate into the media aspect of gaming because that gets scary. You know, and then you you know you can control messaging and, and what gets purported and not. And you just gotta be careful. It, it goes down the scary, you know, the slippery slope. You gotta be careful. But I agree, this should definitely get more light to it yeah like i'm searching right now china video games ign and mm-hmm. not to just yeah not to, i know light up one particular outlet here mm-hmm. nothing on yeah. both stories by the way and oh, wow. at least on a quick google search here on the new section of uh, uh, uh under google i typed in china video games ign mm. i scrolled through let's see here two pages nothing man. nothing and it's like it's it's that's disappointing yes that's disappointing it's very telling yeah, so especially you know the subject matter. This is this is really important stuff. Completely yeah. agree, especially for the culture that everyone claims to love and you know a part of. So why yeah. why is it not mentioned? I agree. So we're trying to do our part here. Feel free to spread the articles and all that stuff. But let's move on to number three now. Mm-hmm. This one's gonna be a good one. <laughs> I'm gonna have a fucking blast with this. I don't know how I didn't get a write in about this because you know why. It fuels a point I've been trying to make alongside uh-huh. you uh-huh. for a very long time. I like Maddie. I told you so vibes. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Epic has revealed their own achievement system for those who use the Epic Game Store. Every game will have a total of 1,000 XP, and each achievement earns a particular amount of XP. Those XP amounts are determined by the type of achievement earned, which will look familiar to PlayStation fans. So you got your bronze, which goes from 5 to 45 xp you've got your silver which goes from 50 to 95 xp you've got your gold at 100 to 200 xp and then you got your motherfucking <laughs> platinum talk that talk manny you got your fucking platinum <laughs> earning 1000 xp will earn you the platinum achievement <laughs> thus granting that Hold extra on. 250 xp What's i up? love that you got it capitalizing the notes. <laughs> i think that's the funniest continue continue <laughs> the xp goes to another familiar part of the playstation trophy system as the account will level up there's currently no word on other offers or perks that the player players will earn beyond this experience the starting game supporting these achievements are kenna bridge of spirits hades alan wake remastered rocket league pillars of eternity zombie army 4 and some more epic says it's quote working to get these tools to more developers so you can expect to see epic achievements popping in your favorite games later this year end quote i was gonna let you go because clearly i remember this being a subject matter questions Mm. coming in questioning maddie about Mm. this so maddie the floor is yours you get to set this off first yes please thank you all right so i've been attacked (laughs) consistently I've been just con- I've been continuously bombarded with feedback on how Xbox doesn't need the platinum. Xbox's achievements they last week they all matter. You don't need the platinum and you got epic fucking doing the platinum. <laughs> and you can't tell me that Xbox can't evolve and add that one crown at the top of completing all of them. You're telling me still they can't do that. They can. And it works. It gets people to achievement hunt. Mm-hmm. They need to evolve the system. Mm. And I'm I'm so happy to see another storefront 
doing this. Yeah. All right. And by the way, L to Nintendo because they still don't have an achievement or trophy. Like, like, what? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I mean, that, that's literally it. I mean, I was thinking about this, and I was like, it's funny how a, a, a company now is looks at you know what's the thing we want to bring in. What what mm-hmm. what? Whose version of doing this are we gonna mimic? Right. Mm-hmm. And which one they chose was the PlayStation one. Right. Yep. That to them seemed like the best way. They got the points, the platinum. I like the extra 250 experience. I-, I love it. So this is great. You know, we're seeing people move in that direction. It is a copycat league on some levels. Right. But sure. at the end of the day, if it is not broke, you know, don't fix it. You know, what's the, you know, if it, you know, the expression, whatever. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, look, this is something Microsoft needs to do. Mm-hmm. We, we've said it at nauseum. And I will be, I, I can't confirm, but I was, I'm, a lot, I'm in a lot of these insider, you know, stuff, research data. They come to COG for feedback, right? Mm-hmm. And COG put this high on the list. And I literally, they were like, be as harsh as you can if you want. And I was like, okay, because I'm going to go in. Yeah, sure. And I was always a little concerned. I was too harsh. And I, when I sent the <laughs> feedback, I was like, I didn't get a response. I'm like, oh, no, I went too hard. <laughs> but they were like, no, no, no. This is why we asked you. We know you're going to give us an honest thing. And I told him, I said, yeah, you guys have been lapped. You've been lapped. Mm-hmm. You've been lapped in the space you created, right? You were the originator, yeah, yeah. but this is what people want to see. And I just gave them the list. So from my understanding, it's on yes. the docket. It's going to most likely happen at some point, but there's a prioritization of things they want to do as a team. Understood. Yeah. It, well, hopefully we get it because, yeah, it, it needs to. This is this is a Clear cut example. I just like you beating your chest with it because it was just so funny. The validation comes literally the next week from yeah. Epic. Oh, it was great when I saw that. I was like, "This is going at the top Ooh. for me and me only." Smoke. I uh, and here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pitch this to, to Xbox fans because I know we love our value here. Yes. What if they added a platinum achievement or whatever they want to call it, the crown jewel? I don't care. And when you got it, they gave you like 5,000 Microsoft reward points. So you get that 100%. That equals $5, by the way. So I know that sounds a little ridiculous to some, but when you're logging in, you're getting those those Game Pass rewards, you're getting Mm -hmm. those monthly, weekly rewards. Like I think rewards are the next step for Xbox because you literally earn shit to play your games. games. Tie the achievements into that, and it will become so addicting because you're literally playing and earning money it keeps you so engaged. If they just tied those two together, I'm telling you, why fight back on this? This is all what Xbox is about. Value. Yes. Let them evolve this achievement system. Bro. Let them add something at the top so you get a big reward once you see all of their game through. Because guess what? That brings you into Game Pass, man. It's like, wait, I get to I get to pay for my membership by playing games within the membership? Hello? Bro. People are already doing that. Tie the achievements in. It's game over. Bro. It's hard you to beat are- that on fire i didn't even think about that like that is so genius because that's what they want they they scream engagement from the roof they yell it we've got fifteen thousand people sailing you know whatever mm-hmm. we've got all these you know ships killed you know they they love this stuff so you're literally tying if you tie the rewards into a platinum, which is the ultimate level of engagement with a single title, you're getting mm-hmm. everything you want. Them playing games, staying in Game Pass, playing Game Pass game, subscribing to Game Pass, keeping their subscription. 
bro, you on fire. I, I might steal that and put that in the notes for um <laughs> the next thing they ask me. That is yeah, fire. Yeah. I love Let's that. Go. Great. I would love that. I, I think I think it works really well. It it doesn't feel like you're breaking their system. It feels like you're evolving what already exists, and it forces PlayStation to think to themselves, "Well, oh, we're only giving our customers wallpapers." <laughs> it's like, well, now what are you going to do? And Xbox does this too. By the yeah. way, you mentioned achievement art. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, well, now what are you going to do, with PlayStation? Do? And that's what you want them to do because then PlayStation fans benefit because then they start demanding what we're demanding, which exactly. is like, hey, evolve this. You yep. want that? Don't yep. let them be stagnant. Preach. It's important. Preach it, brother. Well said. Number four. Speaking of PC, Capcom has made a public commitment to the platform and say that the aim is to make it their primary platform in the coming years. The reason for this is because they believe that PC will be the next big gaming space beyond smartphones. This statement comes after Capcom had announced Monster Hunter Rise is heading to PC, which, by the way, sold over 7 million copies on Ooh. Switch so far. Quote, the pandemic is changing the way people look at PCs. Smartphones are convenient, but their screens are small and their touch panels are difficult to operate. So they are not suitable for home working or school classes. I think PCs will be the next big thing after smartphones. End quote. After driving uh, the another driver, driving reason, sorry, beyond this was the legacy sales where they surprisingly confirmed that Resident Evil 7 continues to sell around a million copies a year since its launch. All right. For those of you who are long-time ham radio podcast listeners, when it was just Carrick and I, before just Dustin came in, before we mm-hmm. reinvented it with Ham Radio Live, Carrick and I hammered Capcom for fucking months because we knew they were full of shit on Resident Evil 7. Really? They said it underperformed. It didn't meet expectations. But we started digging into their sales mm-hmm. and their player count. I was like, there's no way mm-hmm. this game was a failure. And now seeing the initial sales numbers and the legacy sales of a million each year, at least since 2017 when the game came out, I knew they were full of shit. Mm. I knew they were full of shit. So that little confirmation there felt really nice to see. Not to have an I told you so moment, by the no, way. No, That's no, not you, what this get one your is. Get off, brother. Get your boss but, but, but off. <laughs> no, but this was one of those moments where I was like, I knew a lot of companies just say they don't meet expectations for some unknown reason. Like It's like they have these internal projections and a lot of people think that means Oh, it didn't profit. Right. Good point. But they okay. have these internal expectations of, well, we wanted to sell 10 million yes. units. And it's like, well, that wasn't realistic. Mystic. So did it not meet expectations Good or did point. the game fail? It's it's That's why it's so important that, that yes. seeing Resident Evil 7 continue to sell well. It's something I really wanted to point out. But anyway, let's get back on topic. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Capcom really honing in on PC in the coming years? I do want to... F- Comment on that last part because you, oh, you said something good, cool, which is um, it also reminds, as, as a Destiny fan, this was one of the final straws that broke the camel's back with Bungie leaving Activision because one of their best DLCs was uh, Forsaken. And Activision had put out a statement in their quarterly earnings, whatever, like, we were disappointed, you know, it underperformed expectations. So make it seem like it's a failure, right? And I never forget this. This is when I knew something was up with Bungie and they were going to leave because Luke Smith jumped in front of the call, I mean, publicly went at Activision and said, oh, we don't look at that Forsaken as any type of failure. We are very proud of what this did. And I was like, hmm. And then shortly, a month later, they separated from Activision and whatever. But to this point with Capcom PC, interesting. I in, The thing that is interesting to me, though, is stay saying that they want it to be the primary place. Yeah. That is interesting. That mm-hmm. is it. And, you know, 
I get the bullishness with the um, sales on PC, and, and we all recognize PC is a market to be tapped into, and you know this is something that we're going to see a lot of companies do. I just thought the primary one was interesting, uh, saying it you know over smartphones and all this stuff. You know, I could see this over the smartphone stuff, but I'm like, okay, over consoles? Interesting. Like when you mm -hmm. say primary, you've got high expectations. So is it a thing? Is it a situation where, to your point, you and Carrick had known they did well, you know what I'm saying? And, and then now maybe they're looking at that numbers and say, yo, we we really have something here. Let's really go harder in the PC space. It's just very interesting. I, I've never yeah. seen that type of rhetoric from a company saying, yo, we want to make PC, PC the primary platform. Like, I've never seen that. Mm -hmm. That's interesting to me. But what, what do you think about that particular statement? I think that Xbox should be picking up the phone because Ooh. PC is uh, their, their, one of their homes and helping Capcom embrace that new PC space and getting that relationship going. Because a lot of people, myself included, mm -hmm. thought Capcom was trending towards PlayStation. Right. They were really buddy-buddying uh, up with yeah. them. That Street Fighter and over I, there, exclusive. Yeah, right. And mm -hmm. I, I think that uh, Xbox should be in on this, helping them get all involved in PC if they need any help. This is another Japanese company that yeah. uh, they should definitely have yeah. strong relations with to help build their brand in that region. Mm -hmm. uh, but also because they mentioned that smartphones are convenient, their screens are too small, their touch panels are difficult to operate. I am not a smartphone gamer. I don't use right. xCloud in that way, if at all. I would use it on my tablet where I could at least see yeah, clearly more. what mm -hmm. I'm doing. But I feel like Xbox has the chance here to be like, here, check out xCloud. Check out what it's all about and what it can do and how it can benefit your game. Right. I think there's more there to be yes. seen from them. But I think I overall, this is, this is great news. I, I love it when companies are bringing more games to more platforms. You know, we, we saw Monster Hunter Rise was an exclusive Switch game, sold really well there. Um, and now it's going to head to PC. I'm hoping next time that they do a Monster Hunter game, if, if it's exclusive to a platform on consoles, they always make sure it's there on PC. If that's what they mean by primary, that's what I'm hoping yeah. for. Uh, and I think that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Number five, more PC news. Forza Horizon 5's PC specs were revealed at the Tokyo Game Show. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, these were uh, this was kind of surprising place for them to announce it <laughs> yeah. in the first place, right? I, I don't know about you. I didn't expect that at all. But mm, I agree. we're just going to run through them. Real quickly, uh, I know you're a tech geek, Cog, so you'll probably have some thoughts on this more than mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. So for the minimum on the AMD side, you want to have a Ryzen 3 1200, a Radeon RX 40, uh, 470, mm -hmm. 4 gigabytes of video RAM, 8 gigabytes of RAM, and 110 gigabytes of hard drive space across the entire board. So we won't right. be mentioning that for the rest. For the minimum on NVIDIA, they're saying you should have an Intel i5 4460 and NVIDIA GTX 970 with, again, 4 gigabytes of video RAM and 8 gigabytes of RAM. Now, recommended, right? You want to at least be able to run this decently. Yeah. Intel i5 8400 on the NVIDIA side of things with an NVIDIA GTX 1070, 8 gigabytes of video RAM, 16 gigabytes of RAM in general. Mm -hmm. AMD Ryzen 5 1500X with a Radeon RX 590. Again, eight gigabytes of video RAM, 16 gigabytes of RAM. And then the ideal specs, which I've never seen this before, yeah. right? Recommended an ideal. ideal. Like, what's the 
What's the difference on that? I don't know. Yeah. It's see very interesting. Card, I see what difference. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like, is ideal. Like, yeah, this would be nice, but you don't need that. Like, usually it's, you know, least good. I, the best. vibe. I, I'll tell you what you finish. I'll tell you what I think. What, what okay. Ideal. So AMD side of the ideal specs is the Ryzen 7 3800 XT with a Radeon RX 6800 XT. 16 gigabytes of video RAM and 16 gigabytes of RAM. Then on NVIDIA, Intel i7 10,700K with an NVIDIA RTX 3080. Mm. 10 gigabytes, it says, of video RAM and 16 gigabytes of RAM. So those are the specs for Forza Horizon 5 mm-hmm. on PC. Just want to share that with the audience. Cog, what were you going to say? Yeah, no, I was just thinking, like, what I, what I think I do, at least this is what I gather from it, is that um, what you want to really showcase the quote unquote, either the next generation features or the new techniques that they're utilizing to really get the full benefit of the Forza Horizon 5 experience. I think it's more that obviously the recommended is, yo, you can run it, you can run this bad boy, you'll be fine. But if you truly wanna see the engineering we've put into this game from a development standpoint, I look at ideal as like, the bougie gamer, like, yo, if you want to really see what we can do, you know what I'm saying? You pull up with that Maddie 3080, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I saw you flexing. I saw you flexing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I this PC my... will not have a problem with Forza. Oh, yeah, you you, you are good. You are good. Because you was like, yo, I'm doing my battlefield saying that I'm, I mean, from my experience, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. you. I feel I got to get me a 30 card. I got to get me a 30 card. But, um, yeah, like, that's how I look at it. As a gamer, you know, I want to see... I'm not a big PC gamer, but if I if I was, you know what I'm saying, I want to see this thing pushed. Like, what is it doing? What mm-hmm. does that feel like? You know, kind of thing. So yeah, and then ray tracing and all those good stuff, good features and stuff. Like, what about what about you? When you see minimum recommended and ideal, I uh, you know that's the thing. It's it's always been interesting. I've approached PC consistently, like consoles. So when I do invest in my PC, you know, I have like an i9 3080 right now. I try to go top of the line because I don't want to get in there and update things and tinker with it because I was actually watching a video on the saboteur. Shout out to uh, Lasers. Uh, It's uh, James from uh, the As Always podcast. He has a great video Mm -hmm. on the saboteur and he shows his experience of getting it to work with a controller and he had to go into like the any files and change inputs and stuff. Otherwise the controller just scrolls up and down oh, no. the menu constantly. Like it's I horribly broken. Oh, yeah. No. And it's, it's funny because it's a video called the masterpiece. You probably never played, which a lot of people missed out on the saboteur, but I'm watching it and I'm like, this is such a PC moment. Shit happens. makes no fucking sense. And it's so annoying. So my approach to it, and I don't mean to sound privileged when I say this, yeah. but I just buy what I like. I save up my money. Mm-hmm. I buy top of the line. Smart. Like, don't worry about it Smart. after that. So what I see are the numbers, and I'm like, is my number higher than yours? It is. Okay, we're good. That's all there is to it to me. I'm free. I'm free. Listen, it's an investment. It's an investment. I, if you truly love the craft, and obviously with content creation and what you're doing, and you want to play these you know, next-gen games, you know, it's only right. Let's mm-hmm. do it at the highest fidelity that we possibly can do it. Yeah. And not only you. that, it, it, this thing renders videos in, oh, my God. The, 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 I can't believe... Some of the render times I put up with with my my PC that pretty much broke. Mm-hmm. This thing, you know, when you throw in like for those who are video editors, you know what I'm talking about. Like defocus always slows down your your editing time or your rendering times. Anything you fast forward or slow mo 
slows down render times. This thing just blitzes through everything. Everything's done in 10 minutes or less. It's incredible. I love it. Love it. Yeah. As a content creator, that efficiency is so valuable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Number six, final bit of news for this week. Coming to and leaving Xbox Game Pass soon. Starts off on October 5th for cloud, console, and PC with Total Accurate Battle Simulator, a.k.a. Tabs. The precision or the procession to cavalry on cloud, console, and PC October 7th. Visage comes to cloud, console, and PC on October 7th as well. Back for blood. Cloud, console, and PC. Day one, October 12th. Sneaking up on us. Yes. Here we go, Cog. Destiny 2 Beyond Light. PC Game Pass, October 12th. Ring of Pain on Cloud Console and PC, October 14th. The Rift Breaker. An ID at Xbox game coming out October 14th on Cloud PC. And Xbox Series X slash S. They don't specify console here, so this might be uh, next-gen console only. Mm -hmm. And The Good Life. Cloud console PC on October 15th. What's leaving Game Pass on October 15th? We're losing Goner 2 on Cloud Console and PC. Heave Ho on PC. Katana Zero on Cloud Console and PC. Scourge Bringer on Cloud Console and PC. Tales of Vesperia HD is leaving console and PC. And the Tales or the Swords of Ditto is leaving PC. Mm-hmm. Anything here catching your eye on both yeah. the exits and entrances? Entry. It's all about back for blood for me, bro. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready. We talked about it, you know. Uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited to, to get my hands on that and, and dive deep. Have, have that Left for Dead style romp. I will be doing some Destiny Two PC testing because, for me, again, I want to truly test them in the space because that will be on Game Pass PC, not the Steam version, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to know what that experience is like and if it's it's comparable because that's been an issue for me. And again, on that list that I talked about, about when they said COG, and I said, I'm going to tell you what you want to hear. Now I'm telling you what you want to hear, what you need to hear. And mm-hmm. I, them game, some of them Game Pass ports ain't, don't haven't been it, bro. But I heard other yeah. things in the background as to why and that, you know, hopefully Windows 11 and a couple other things will um shape that but i am gonna test that port because i know that game front to back as far as leaving mm-hmm. katana zero that was that was a good one people should get on that i remember i actually uh covered that at uh at a pax when they debuted and um yeah shout out to um what's the homie's name oh man i forget big mustache huge streamer big guy I was, I, he was like a big content creator. He's playing the game. I have him in my footage. It's hilarious. Danotage. Danotage. Shout out to Danotage. Oh, okay. The homie. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. We, I have footage of him playing Katana Zero, and it was so much fun. So, people should check that game out before it goes. And I think Heave Ho was like an interesting little weird party game. Great developers. Fun group. It's a little fun party game. It's silly. You know, kind of thing. So, yeah. Those two, I remember. What about you what, uh, what, as far as in- entry and exiting? Uh, I gotta say again, Back for Blood just looks like such a good romp. Really excited for that one. So that is absolutely the only one that's calling my name on this list. I think for good reason because uh, you know it's it's one of their biggest day one drops. It's I think in my in my eyes it's their their biggest for sure mm-hmm. day one mm-hmm. drop. So uh, I'm surprised the chatter on this game hasn't ramped up so much. But I also yeah. think it's because Halo's been kind of dominating yeah. the the Xbox conversation. But yeah, we got a really 
significant game coming out quite soon that mm-hmm. helps to mimic that Left 4 Dead experience, and I hope it's good. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. As for, by the way, you know, I remember, shout out to the time I mentioned that I was yeah. going to play it on Game Pass, and I got dragged for it. <laughs> I wasn't supporting the devs. You're not supporting the devs, bro. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> if you don't buy the game, the devs are going to be out in the street. And if you- <laughs> Some of them get paid per download on top of the flat rate. On top like, of just- it. I had to explain that to a friend of mine. I ain't going to say anything. I ain't going to put him out there. That's my homie. But he knows who he is if he's listening to this. And we just had this conversation. He was like, you know, because I bought the, the, the retail versions. I want to support the dad. And I'm like, I know you just didn't say that, bro. Nah. You could have you just said, it's hey. That, it's I, that white knighting, man. Yeah. I can't stand I'm, it. It's like, you're not a better person. You're not doing anything. I said, now, <laughs> it, uh, only, I said, I would have gave the person a pass. If they'd be like, yo, I want the collector's edition or, you know, because I want the thing, the physical dope or you like, hey, this particular game, I've played it on the PlayStation and I want the trophies because I'm Mm -hmm. historically like how we had Colin on and we talked about smart onboarding. Right. There's that's a that's a reason if you're in the PlayStation ecosystem, you love it so much, and it's a third-party game, you you want to keep it in that ecosystem because you yeah, keep yeah. your family or your platinum trophies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Together. I, I, I understand it. But don't give me this, I want to protect, I want to support the desert, I want to make sure, because that evil game. <laughs> like, mm. no, bro, we not, we're not yeah. doing that. <laughs> <Nope>. Stop it. <laughs> I agree. Exactly. But I anyway, yeah, that, that, was, that was my little rant I want to get off. <laughs> No, go for it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was it. About to uh, my, my my pick. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, leaving Game Pass, I don't have much to say. So yeah, let's do it. Game Pass pick of the week, all you. Yeah, yeah. All right, look, y'all. Y'all know I'm Team Lord Turn Base. One of my favorites of all time, XCOM, the Goat Turn Base. I'm just gonna say it. It's the Goat for me. There's nothing that usually gets that experience. And I first ever was playing XCOM UFO Defense on the PlayStation. That was my first ever on um, PS1. And I got to shout out the legend. is uh, Julian Gallup. That was his man's name. He created that. You know, since then, subsequently, it's now transferred over to um, Jake Solomon. And Jake Solomon's with Firaxis and those guys. And they do a great job. They've they've taken the series to a, a different level, a different direction. But I had to take it back to the OG. I heard the OG came outside, mm-hmm. and it's Phoenix Point. Phoenix Point Behemoth Edition finally on console Game Pass. Apparently, it was on PC for a little bit. Yes. But, um, you know, I didn't mess with it there. I want to, I want, you know, I'm like you, man. I'm a controller guy. Like, you know, I want to, mm-hmm. I want to get it on over there. So right on. that was my thing. And yeah, man, this thing, it's so cool. It's, it's the essence of XCOM on some levels. You know, you have this whole, you know, kind of like cosmic horror threat going on. And, you know, you got your, you, know, you still got your, your, your classic XCOM gameplay. You still got your strategy layer. But the thing about it, there's little nuances that he's added that I really like. And one of the cool things I like is that in most XCOM's games, you know how it is, Randy. You see the enemy, and you see that percentage, like 80% on the thing. Okay, cool. But what's dope with Phoenix Point is there's almost an ADS left trigger mode where you can zoom in and then pinpoint 
actual limbs. Okay, I might shoot the alien's arm that's holding the gun. Hmm. I might disable. And they, they tell you the consequences. They give you the percentage as well, but they tell you the consequences of the success of you doing, hitting the leg, hitting the arm. And it's really cool. It adds an extra dynamic. Um, Also, little subtleties, you know, some games, you know, uh, turn-based, when you press reload, it takes a turn or an action point. Not Phoenix Point, right? So it, it it's enough depth to it vehicles very big they got like a wasteland vibe there where that they play a big uh component into it also you're getting the behemoth edition which is all this dlc that they made that i didn't even know the game had and added so for the value now will i say like the story is as compelling as that's come right now probably not that's probably like the 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 weakest point of it but if you're about that turn base you're about that strategy layer. You're about that squad and web and the depth and the complexity of the game is really surpassed. Like this is the OG. Julie's in his bag. They're supporting it long term. I was so happy to see this thing going game pass. So nice. Phoenix Point, I've been rocking. It, it, it's a fun experience. If you love XCOM, you are going to love. Like I get how I get with these games. It's an addiction, and I, I like I can't. Stop stop because <laughs> i gotta get this through this guy that's hooks in you yeah yeah it, nice. it, i i'm in the, bro the prologue is stu- like the tutorial prologue is like really long and in depth but it's good i'm seeing all the different things i can do and there's even proficiencies with weapons and, bro it's deep the like classes that. everything is it, it it's, permadeath um yes i believe so believe permadeath also um the thing that i saw that was they had they got like these these classes that like there was a jetpack guy you can go up on these high structures and then the oh. alien different variants with the aliens and how deadly they are there's a lot to it man it, it's really nice. deeper than i thought it was so i'm still early in but yeah it, it, it's got me it's got me man. yeah it looked it looked really good i remember mm-hmm. when it was first coming out it, it had my attention and, and, and character reviewed and i think he thought it was pretty good mm-hmm when the behemoth edition rolled around, I was like, I was offered like a paid promotion for it, but I just don't, I don't feel comfortable doing those yeah, yeah, anymore. Yeah, I, I, I did them last year and uh, I think that I, I tried one this year and it just didn't feel right. And so yeah, I was just sort of left that behind. I was like, I'll play this on my own time. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I, I really want to try it out. So to hear that you've enjoyed it a lot. I mean, October has been so good. There's been yeah, so many so sneaky, many good games. releases where it's just so hard, it's hard to pick bro. and play. Like, I still want to see if I can go through all the Halo campaigns, like time's ticking on that. So it's like, I got to be really, really picky, mm-hmm. especially with these reviews, right? Yeah. Like Far Cry, it's 25, you got reviews? Yeah. 25 hours in Far Cry. Dude, that's like that's like three Halo games right there. So, <laughs> you know, I got to be wise. I got to be wise. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, yeah. that sounds really good. So mm-hmm. is there, you mentioned like the percentages. Have, have you had that moment yet where... Mm-hmm. 90 and you take a shot and you're like 10 percent chance just happened right now yeah bro it's it's classic it's classic but what i what i do like they do a better job of um when you're behind cover really even taking away body parts and stuff because you're behind cover as a benefit and vice versa for the enemy. So they, they just do a really good job of that stuff. And there's so many other little things that you could do with the combat layer that is just superior to XCOM on some levels. I'm not going nice. to He like really thought outside the box on the basic gameplay loop of an XCOM game. So, yeah, I did, like I said, I just want to see more of it. I don't want to say, obviously, I'm not deep enough to go, okay, it's definitively better than XCOM. But I will say... The weak, weakest part I feel where XCOM beats this is I feel XCOM's narrative is is a little 
better and more engaging. You know what I'm saying? The cinema was kind of like, okay, all right, why are we doing this again? <laughs> okay, you know, kind of thing. But as far as the gameplay, which is what you're there for, he's he, he on it right now. He's, he's all right. Shout out, to, like shout out to the OG Julian Gallup, man. Of he's course, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. What did they add in the Behemoth Edition, by the way? Apparently, like, it's like three or four DLCs, classes, mm-hmm. weapons, content, then there's factions, bro. There's, oh. Bro, there's like faction and you got to appease to certain things. It is way deep. Way wow. deep. Yeah, it's a lot to I gotta to look into this game. a little bit more. Yeah. yeah, please check it out. Bro, you turn base, you gotta check. I'm telling you, within the first five, ten minutes of just the game is, as you play, it's introducing mm-hmm. things to you subtly. Oh, by the way, you know if you could do this, you do this. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? And it's Way deeper than I expected. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. You got. I, I, I highly advise you check check it out. Just, just throw it for at least an hour or two. I just to see how you feel. I want about them it. to do a re-release with like new content of. It's that Cold War game you and I talked about. That's like XCOM. Phantom Doctrine. Yes, it's I want baby. them to. I want them to give that another shot. I, still I know play that that's in a, a really dude. It's a good game. It's a good it game. Just, it just it needed a little bit more. I thought. Yeah. And. I uh I I want to see them do another version of that. I think was it you and yeah, I? Yeah, I told talked you. About I told the... you. I got inside baseball yeah. on that one. Yeah. Because uh yeah, like the 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 uh the dev, there was a, a a breakup between them and the publisher. There's a Phantom Doctrine tube, and I'm never gonna tell anyone don't support a game. I'm never gonna do that. But just be clear that this Phantom Doctrine two that will eventually come out is not being made by the original team. It's the publisher with someone else. And the original team, the head dev, who I'm very, I have a good relationship with, he told me, and he, you know, he didn't even say it off the record, because he kind of low-key, he, he publicly took a shot, like, yo, that ain't us, we ain't, we doing this. So his, he said to look out for him in uh, early 2022, and he'll have okay. more to talk about in reference to the Phantom Doctrine style, that Cold War, that spy, that espionage, you know. I love it. I used to wear my little disguises. I'd go inside, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. you could brainwash, manipulate. Yeah, I, I want Phantom Doctrine on, on, on KBS. I think it would do well there. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just probably a situation where I don't know who's going to get bag right because they're not so it may be the behind yeah. the scenes aspect but yeah that's another one for sure all right well there's our game pass pick it's time for the five final patron questions first one goes to kickstand i listened to an interview with todd howard recently where he discussed how morrowind was pivotal to the success of the original xbox mm-hmm. and even the hardware design i didn't know this part of the 360 which was impacted by requirements for oblivion mm-hmm. of course skyrim was a blockbuster and hadn't stopped selling in 10 years. Besides resources, why do you think after all these years, there hasn't been an effort to bring those older titles to a new audience? Instead of re-releasing Skyrim with fishing, wouldn't it be cool to get an Elder Scrolls collection with those three games remastered on console? I know it's a massive undertaking, but I'd have to imagine the return on investment would still be huge. It's not something they couldn't contract out to another studio. Hell fans are doing it with Skywind mods. For me, Oblivion specifically opened a world of what gaming could be. I'm kind of disappointed that game hasn't gotten a proper release. Obviously, more re-release. Sorry, obviously, Morrowind also. They're locked on their respective hardware. Maddie, you gotta set this off. I'm dying to hear your points. Mm. Yeah, man, it's really the fact that these mods exist for each of the things that he's spoken about. There's Sky Oblivion, Sky Wind, as Kickstand stated. 
I know Todd Howard has gone on the record of saying we want to leave those original games as they are. So when people try to sell you on the game, you can just take it. And like with Xbox back and Pat, you can take the disc for more when you can take the disc for oblivion, put it in your Xbox, call it there. And they don't want to touch that. And I respect that to some extent that while Bethesda's had their missteps with fallout four to a small extent. And obviously fallout 76 to a much bigger extent that they want to try things and that they don't rest on their past. Like I think so many other companies, but because they don't, I feel the demand has gotten strong. We've talked about fallout to death, so I won't go back to that, but with elder scrolls, I find it very surprising because yes, as kickstand said, you're re-releasing Skyrim again. I think that's fine, but it would be really nice to see oblivion get touched up a little bit more one to get touched up a little bit. And I have this working theory. Let's go. That Xbox is going to evolve FPS boost into something mm-hmm. that's going to affect these titles mm-hmm. in back and pat. Okay. And I think you're going to start to see now oblivion and more one will run at 60 FPS, but not only mm-hmm. that, there's got to be a way for them to scale up the yes. resolution. That's the Please. biggest thing holding them back. If they can find that out. Now you've got Xbox effectively doing remasters for older titles. Yes. As a part, if they continue what FPS did for free, mm-hmm. by the way, mm-hmm. and if they can do that, then then it makes your competition look so foolish, specifically Nintendo. Yes. Because Nintendo with Skyward Sword HD, it did add the, the fast travel and all that stuff with the Amiibo. Shout out to the Amiibo. Yeah, right? Shout out to the Amiibo. But, <laughs> Shout out to Pig for fast travel. <laughs> you know, it just, I think it's a massive, I want to say moral win, but you're 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 gonna win some strong loyalty with yeah. that. So I feel like that's where they're gonna go with it. And it's why yeah. Bethesda hasn't dipped back into that. Yeah. Where Skyrim, they know people will buy. Kind of like Rockstar knows people will buy GTA Five again. But yeah, I don't know why Bethesda has this hard on for just saying no. We're not gonna mm-hmm. we're not gonna go back and touch these at all. Yeah. Especially Morrowind. Morrowind. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 Morrowind please, no. is so definitive for them as a company it's the reason they are alive today it should be celebrated for that alone but it was a a a major title on the original xbox and i'm not saying we need to remake it but this game being brought back with some bells and whistles would be massive and there are plenty of people who you know like myself included by the way i put like probably 40 hours into more one which really isn't that much in the scheme of things and the reason why is because even I, as a major BGS fan, I think it's a little aimless mm-hmm. at times. It's you got to keep checking your journal, checking the name of roads and streets, and there's something immersive about that that's very incredible for its time yeah. period. But nowadays, it, it I don't need a, always a, a map marker, but there's there's got to be a little bit more guidance that graphically could be done. By the way, yes. it doesn't even have to be on the map. It just could be done graphically, so I could tell when I'm on a different road. I can read the signs properly. It's not only that. But it's the combat a little bit. Yeah. Combat in Elder Scrolls has historically sucked. Yeah. Uh, in Morrowind, I think it's its worst because they're skill checking every attack. Yeah. So you're whiffing even though an enemy's right in front of you. Yeah. There's a way to do skill checks without making combat feel like shit. I know it sucks to hear from Morrowind fans. <laughs> I know, but I'm just that's how it is. And so these two things alone, I think, would justify Morrowind existing again. One requires a deeper reworking of skill, so I understand why that's less appealing, but. I just think it, it is eventually going to be time to bring these back, and I don't know why they have yet to. I agree. I agree. Well said. I think it's it's so key to their legacy. And again, we were talk. I was talking earlier about that organic growth. This this was 
what made Bethesda Bethesda. You know, this is, I remember seeing when one of my friends had that Morrowind game when he OJ Xbox, and I was like, man, I was, this was daunting. I was like, this is the most complex, but it, I was, it was so cool, all the possibilities and the things that was happening at the time. Mm -hmm. So the significance of it is, is, is vital. It's vital to them. So they need to celebrate that. But for me personally, it will, my heart will always be with Oblivion. Oblivion yep. made me honestly a, a Western RPG fan. Like mm. now that I think about, it, I remember those Daedric Gates and, you know, the Beast yeah. of Malog Ball and going back and forth. And I, and I remember just being so amazed by that. What do you call it? Like the, justice system or government system if you yeah 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 you still the guard comes up to you hey what's going on <laughs> you're like yo what's good yep. like it was just an amazing thing and i was just really blown away the oblivion gates and all that stuff it i was like yeah this is i love this i was addicted i beat that i played that whole thing beat i was very proud of those achievements on 360 mm -hmm. so and then to hear like i said shout out to kickstand what just saying you know how the 360 was designed around it because if people don't remember oblivion and a lot of those um what you call bethesda games were not they had issues on ps3 and they didn't come and, and it came down to a lot of it sometimes was the hardware and this also ties in to uh, uh if you remember when um cliffy and those guys at coalition made gears there was a 360 and peter moore told this story it was a 360 with a sort of 256 RAM or whatever, and a 360 with a 512, whatever the 360 ended up becoming hardware spec-wise finalized. And they played Gears on it and said, look, if you sacrifice this, this is what you're going to get, but this is how it could look with this. Mm -hmm. And that was the sell for, you know, more to go to Bomber and say, hey, we kind of got to spend a little because we really would miss the mark here if we don't have that. So to hear that story with Oblivion, really, yeah. it's, this is historic stuff. That's why I try to tell people there is a relationship with this company. And I mm -hmm. want these games celebrated. These are iconic games. Remastered, you said it perfectly. You know, we got the FPS boost. Put that resolution bump. Do a little couple of tweaks. You ain't got to go full remaster, but you could do something, right? Yeah. Like it just, it, it, to me, it's a goldmine. I do think it will happen because of the acquisition. I just think it's a priority thing. Yeah. And we know they could do things on the back end and also auto HDR and all this stuff. So right. I, I think it will happen. I think it will happen. That's my gut. It's just, you know, knowing Xbox. It's when it's actually going to be ready on a priority standpoint. And then they'll probably do a bulk of them and be like, yo, all these Bethesda joints, you know what I'm saying? Right now. And then it'll be a nice Xbox Wire news post and everybody will be oh, yeah. excited, you know, to do oh, it. Yeah. So I, I see it happening. Yeah. I agree with you. And, and funny enough, I, I think Oblivion, well, I liked Western RPGs. I think Oblivion is what made me fall in love with it. You yeah, know, that was, that was, that was it for me. Yeah. And then Skyrim was just God damn. Like, oh, my God. This is, yeah, yeah this I know. Is, this yeah. is, oh, my God. Just the title screen alone and the chance. I was like, oh, this is I ever, different. Did I ever tell you a story on how I, like, failed a class because of Skyrim? Like, I actually, yeah, I, I completely read Bro. articles, all class about it, yes. and I failed. I failed. So. Bro, I used to score that, that map and them dwarven ruins and the 
a hell of a like I would just explore it was just and just talking to people like yo did you go to this place with da 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 and if he would tell you their story and those yeah. were the day sky hours bro hours and hours and then you get in those spells and the, the it, amazing RPG mechanics some of the best I fell in love I, but I oh but that's a lot like I fell in love with Western RPGs because of them and from then it just took off for me but yeah they they yeah, don't man, they, they the, the hatred for them got really strong with Fallout Four and seventy six and yeah. while I understand that and my disappointment with them was extremely high i would never hate them i think yeah, they've just yeah. done too much they've in the long run when we when me. we pull out from like the damage of 76 yeah. and what it did to that license even that alone it's like you've made fallout 3 you've made skyrim you've made oblivion you've made more when these are like games that changed lives yes mine included so yes. yeah it made the channel made the yeah channel. right it really did mm. All right. Next question goes to Anthony. Hey, Dukes, in a world where there are so many live service shooters, do you think Halo Infinite will stick around? Many of these games come and go, and I think Halo will have something to offer that's unique to stay relevant longer than the long rumored 300 person battle royale mode. Loving the show. Keep it up, gents. Does 343 and Halo Infinite hang or not? It's a good question. <laughs> Look, the core gameplay is there. We know it. You know, the thing is going to be they do have to do things to keep you coming back. And mm -hmm. as as stuff goes on, it's going to be key for them. Uh, I, they have enough from a core. I, I'm not worried. I do feel obviously the battle pass stuff, that's going to be key. The maps are going to be key. You know, um, do they bring Warzone back? Right. Mm -hmm. That's another thing. Warzone comes back. Good question. Well, I didn't think of that. Yeah, Forge is, is, is going to be a little late. That's going to come. To me, it's gonna ha they're gonna have to keep a regular cadence of engaging content, whether it be quarterly or like a roadmap. You don't want them to get lost in the cycle when the next big thing comes out, and it, it that's the gamers are fickle, but free to play is huge. It really is. It really is. So all signs kind of point to them being around especially with that that foundation as good as it is as it seems as long as there's no major staff fools since i think they just got they just got to do the, the the battle pass the monetization right dro content drops timely mm -hmm. they 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 could have it this could be around for a long time but yeah it's up to them and of course i do want battle royale i don't care i want battle royale i'm not like anti battle royale for this game only because even though I'm not a Battle Royale dude, I know what Battle Royale does. There's that generation that are not Halo fans. They are not, they're never going. But if you throw Halo Infinite's Warzone equivalent, you may get a group, a group that may have never tried Halo. So I say, hey, why not? When it's ready, do it. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think that this is a game where where battle royale makes sense, and yeah. I, th I think they should eventually do it. I don't think out the gate they should. I think they should make sure they have a core that is very much Halo. I'm saying deliver Forge, deliver co-op, make sure everything's there. The modes that maybe are missing, uh, I'm just saying hypothetically, let's say SWAT's not there, make sure SWAT's there. Like Complete the Halo playlist, then bring that experience Agreed. to BR. There's a long life to this game in my eyes, so take your time with it. I do agree, though. I think it's going to be determined on how often they're pumping out content compared to their competitors. I also think monetization is going to play a big factor. And if it's really egregious, I know it may just be cosmetics, but if it's just really in your face or it's just really annoying and it's constant, 
and you feel like you're not making progress, you feel like every time you turn the corner, you got to spend money. I think that'll hurt a little bit. Yeah. I do think that'll hurt a little bit. Uh, and eventually you'd just be stuck with the hardcore fans who have paid money and are willing to stay, which isn't the worst thing in the world. But I do think just in the world of live service shooters, you've got to more than anything, just be pumping out content and not cosmetic unlocks. So they've got to be hitting with every cosmetic unlock. I want a new mode or map or something like that. Obviously that's not realistic, but I'm just saying I want them to keep up a strong pace with that yes. and not loosen up at all. Even Agreed. if it's seasonal. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Next we got Gavin Alexander. Hey Dukes, Maddie, I checked out your new retro channel and instantly subscribed. Thank you, by the way. Retro Rebound for those who haven't. Yeah. Go ahead, check it out. Get it. Get to it. Retro gaming is a hole in my video game knowledge and your channel is just what I needed to reignite my interest in the topic. Along the retro gaming lines, I have a question for you both. Have either of you played Area 51 for the original Xbox or PS2? Area 51 is my favorite FPS of all time, if not my favorite video game of all time. It was way ahead of its time when it was released in 2005 and it had graphics that still hold up today. A great story and an amazing cast, including... I might fuck up some of these. <laughs> first name. David Dutchfney? No, I don't know. I don't know who that is, man. We got Marilyn Manson, Ian Abercrombie. That's a hell of a name, bro. That sounds like a model. (laughs) Powers Booth and Nolan North. Maddie, you were able to will a Knights of the Old Republic remake into existence. (laughs) Now I ask you to do the same for Area 51. I would love at least a remaster of this game, and I think it will fill the void of a multi-platform sci-fi horror shooter. The problem is that this series was owned by now-defunct developer and publisher Midway Games. Nobody is sure where the rights to the game have ended up, and I once read that they may have ended up in the hands of the U.S. Air Force for some reason. Anyways, it's a great game to return to. If you don't want to play it, it's fascinating to research, especially in today's UFO climate. As always, have a great day. Yeah. Interesting. You heard of this one? I had never heard of it. I had yeah, to go research it. I was like, same. what is this? It looked interesting. It did. It did. You know, it had like the little squad based, mm-hmm. you know, as you go deeper in the area. I like the concept of it. The concept mm-hmm. of it was kind of interesting. Then you kind of lose people as you go along. It gets into this deeper story or whatever. You know, the, the, the people associated with the game is just wild. Like, I was just like, this mm-hmm. is a very, midway. <laughs> yeah, midway through some money, I guess, at this. And, and they were trying to get it. But, yeah, I don't know if Maddie's got the power to, to do this one for you, yeah, bro. This is, uh, this is really yeah. buried. And if the U.S. Air Force has it, oh, my God, man. What, what do they want to do with a fucking remaster of some kind? Yeah, bro. Like, I, I you hope, you know, prospects ain't looking too promising here. So, yeah, I, I don't think so. What you think with this whole, with this whole check? It What's looks cool, the game? but mm-hmm. it looks cool, but it definitely looks like a, a buried hidden yeah. gem that uh will will just be a product of his time. But then again, like a battle for bikini bottom coming back. Like I know obviously Nickelodeon's still around, right. so it was possible, but that just to me is always the shining example of like wait, what? Like what? this is this this is actually coming back. <laughs> and yeah. what's interesting is is Area fifty one's not even that expensive complete in box online. Like I'm looking yeah. at it now, it's like twenty bucks for PS two. I mean this yeah, right. That's that's it's weird because sometimes there are niche games that you see and you're like, of course that's a lot of money. Right. Makes sense. This is one I've never heard of. Can't imagine it did super well. It's like 20 bucks. Okay. All right. I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. I wanted this this December, you know, during my little holiday break. 
Yeah. Get into my retro bag. Get your retro bag. Yeah. Retro no worries rebound. about the new releases. Just get into those Game Boy games that I classic, love. PS2 classic. games. I always wish I had more time for those. I know. And love the classics, pepper them in bro. more and more. Yeah, it's just it's important to stay up with the times, but yeah. just that there are so many sitting on my shelf that I I love and I, I want to just play mm-hmm. that are staring me in the face every time I come in my room and I'm like I'm so happy I have you. <laughs> I want to play you. <laughs> Bugs I'm me so you. much, man. I'm with you, bro. Same problem. Anthony Vasquez is our final question for this episode. Hi, Dukes. I've been reading some articles now that Halo Infinite's flight has ended, suggesting that Halo could ship this holiday without the campaign and still be a mega hit. Is this type of, quote, journalism, end quote, irresponsible? Personally, Halo should come out as feature-rich as possible, and since we haven't even seen the campaign since last year, it makes me kind of worried. Anyway, thanks for everything you guys do at Last Stand, Ham, ILP, etc. Sorry, we do have one more question after this. I, oh, I missed that. Yeah, shout out to Anthony. Um... It's interesting because yeah, I think I know. I seen Anthony on Twitter, so I saw them. Mm-hmm. I, um, irresponsible journalism. I I'm not gonna say it's irresponsible. I just think that I think we talked about this on Duke Ultimate that the benefit of the bit of the flight being so well is now you can you can bring up these type of separation comments with more merit, right? Because yeah. if this doesn't land, I don't think you know we having that kind of conversation. You know, I'm of them. We still are going to stand on our square. I mean, at least I'm going to stand on my square with. Um, I always going to want the entire feature set, feature rich, beefy, ultimate thing. You know, however, we did say on ultimate because for those who didn't listen, you know, that if there was a scenario where the campaign team internally says, "Look, see the bulletin board. Mm-hmm. These are the deadlines." We ain't going to make it. We've got all these things and all these issues. Under that circumstance, I think you brought this up, Maddie. I am with you. Then at that point, I will be accepting of a split and they bring the multiplayer for it. But overall, unless it's some dire consequence, I, I, I just want the, I want the package. I want the ideal thing. I want the, you know, me, you know me. I still take my delay. I still, I, I want my campaign co-op at launch. I would like to forge or whatever at launch and then just do it right. Just, just do mm-hmm. it right one time and that's it. Most likely it's still going to come out without campaign, without forge. And we're still going to play it and we're going to have fun, you know, but what, you know, what, that, that's where I'm at with this. But I don't know if it's irresponsible journalism i don't know i don't know if it, i want to get your feeling on that portion of what anthony said yeah i don't think it's irresponsible to, yeah. to have an opinion like i i funny enough i actually just talked about what i think is irresponsible I, I made a whole video uh talking about how there were a lot of weird nitpicks with the halo oh. infinite flight and it's not exempt of any criticism but i mean people were like shooting fruit crawling <laughs> through plants they were popping the tires on warthogs to display just how it's not as detailed as you thought it was. Just overall detracting from the conversation in what was a pretty technically sound, strong flight. And we could talk weapon balance and all that stuff, but I thought it was a really strong case for like, yeah, this game feels ready. It feels good for launch. Like we're we're gonna be we're gonna be fine on the multiplayer front. We'll see Absolutely. about the campaign. Absolutely. Kotaku comes in afterwards. Of course, it's fucking Kotaku. <laughs> and they talk about how it's a, a buggy mess and all this shit. I'm like, this just, look, you can document your experience all you want. And, but like they, it's these, by the way, their, their article, interestingly, was kind of positive. It's really? these 
baity, stupid headlines, headlines. Yeah. Which don't accurately reflect their experience because they're dying. Yeah. And so they need all the clicks they can get. So they need yeah. to get you in there. They need to get people talking about them. They game the algorithm. They get back mm -hmm. on their feet. That's what mm -hmm. they're trying to do right now. It's clear mm -hmm. as day as someone has been doing this for years. You know the vibes. You know the vibes. I run their website. journalism yeah. is irresponsible because it feeds that sensationalism that we were talking about in that video where you're validating these morons online who are shooting the fruit and right. saying, well, Halo Infinite's not quite there because I can crawl through this plant. And then they see a headline from just a outlet. doesn't matter if you're Kotaku. They see that and they're like, yep, see, 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 see. Yeah. It, you got to be responsible with what you're representing. Yeah, it, it's feeding this angry mob. And it's just like, again, it, it's we talked about the top of the show, you know, with the goals for the show and stuff like that that we have here with Duke. And it's just that. You know, what, one thing I hate, like we said, is the concern trolling and being disingenuous. And a lot of it comes down to, we got to be honest, there's a certain subset of people that if it's not their platform, they have nothing to talk about. Their sole mission is mm -hmm. to now pick something apart with this unholy standard and, or the fake, the fake digital foundry dudes, the dudes who want to find some little imperfection or a frame rate counter. And you see, it's barely as if that somehow lessens the experience as if it's not fun. And, and that's the part that's sad because people are taking yeah. this much energy and time out their day to try to disparage something instead of just enjoying gaming. And that's where yep. the part of gaming that has devolved that I can't stand. I just, I'm not here for that. I just either mute that stuff. Yep. And I, like I told you, 10 tweet rule. I look at the 10 tweets. If you got 10 tweets and you talk about all another game and ripping this and ripping another platform, and that's all you on Twitter and all you on social media doing all day. You are out of here on my timeline, bro. I don't want to see none of that. It's, it's that not... or if your 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 favorite consoles in your bio. Ooh, that's yeah. a, that's a quick way to lose me. I, I I will if I see you and I click on your profile. You've said something to me. And I see your console in my in the bio. You're not getting a reply from me. Like, <laughs> I that's, just, that's, that's just how it works. You, you never interact with me ever <laughs> if you have your console in your bio. I I'm sorry, but like, I just that's not telling your bio. It's about you and your console is about you. Really, really, man. Like, I don't care. I don't care. I can't you have put to say my Series X as well and talk to you. <laughs> no. Not that. I'm, by the way, I'm not trying to sound like so egotistical. You. Like yeah. like you, you want that. to talk to me. You need to talk. I don't. I understand. I'm just saying, if you respond to me in the hopes, or, or, or you tweet at me and you're hoping like you're gonna get a response out of me because you're trying to be thought provoking, and I look and I see that in your bio and be like, yeah, okay, that's all I need to know. That's all there is to it, bro. I feel you. I feel you, brother. Bro, we profile you. check before we respond. Just yeah, know that. Just know to. if I've responded to you, I've I've taken a scroll through. Yep. Yep. Thought like, all right, I'll respond to you. Yep. Fair enough. VRG is up next. We know very little about Avowed at this moment, but rumor has it that this may appear at the Game Awards. Therefore, I would appreciate if you guys would dig into your expectations for the game. Do you expect it to be like Skyrim? Will it have a larger scope than the Outer Worlds? What would you like to see in the game? Ooh, let's, this, is, this, is, this is my baby right here. This is the one from them that when I saw this... And mm -hmm. I saw that hand and that spell, and then we talk Pillars of Eternity world, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very hyped for this, you know? Yeah. Will it be their version of Skyrim is the question, right? Will it be, is it going into that bag? I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I get vibes, right? But I'm not sure. I've always of the fan, we've talked about this, 
I'm not anti-hub world. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if it's not, I guess my question to you, Maddie, I'm going to flip it back, is that if it is not full open world Skyrim-esque, does Maddie take points from a vow? No. Okay. I actually would probably be a little more excited to tell you oh, the truth. Okay, okay, okay. I love okay. Obsidian and Hubs, but if they tried open world, which... They do went semi-open world like Monarch and the Outer right. Worlds. I'd be for that. I'm really not concerned about Avowed at all. Like Ooh. if it'll be good or bad. I've heard really good things from people who have seen it. So Oh, I, you heard things too? Oh, okay, I couldn't say yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you know, I'm not really concerned about this yeah. game. I, I know Obsidian has been scarily consistent as of mm-hmm. late. Uh when they nailed to me, it was the telling point was when they nailed grounded. I was like, they are just on a roll right now, right? They They've even diversified and they, they're dropping a cool update called like Hot and Hazy, which is going to add like RPG elements to it. Looks nice, awesome. Nice. And I'm just seeing them nail that yeah. beyond what they're known for. And I'm like, yeah, this is a sign of a really good studio. Yes. So I, I feel very confident with Avowed. I've heard great things about it. So mm-hmm. I imagine it will reappear at the Game Awards like we, we mm-hmm. pretty much reported last week. And yep. I think it's just a very safe bet at this point in time. Mm-hmm. I expect it to have. Skyrim vibes to some extent just by the world you got to realize how long these trailers take to make and yeah. that choice of the spell and the sword and in the cave they knew what they were doing yeah, very yeah, Skyrim inspired very, very, very much so yeah. so I, I feel like yeah it's gonna probably be their their take on Skyrim if you will there's a reason why they're not calling it pillars or something like that yeah. they're calling it avowed it's because they want to separate that, but set in the world of pillars. But it's here's the thing. It's an easy pitch to sell people on the game and to explain your game to potential investors. Like if you go to Xbox and you say, we're making our own Skyrim, you know what that is. Right. You say that to a fan. It's a new, it's a Skyrim game. You know what that is. Mm-hmm. It's so important to have that easy tagline attached oh, to your yeah. game that makes it easy to describe because when you start to have a very complex game, like I don't think I could do that with Far Cry. Right. Like I could say it's checklist open world and there's this, this, and that. I just don't think I could do that. So it's very underrated, both in game development, but also mm-hmm. in conversations, that little tagline, what that can do for a game. I think the scope will definitely be larger for the Outer Worlds. I think okay. that that much is certain. Gotcha. This is like a full-on AAA game. So. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. What would you like to see in this? great spellcasting uh, combat uh, i want to make sure that combat solid it's tight yes. that's the only little if we go on nitpick with our beloved you know skyrims mm-hmm. and, and and stuff like that is mm-hmm. that you know some my 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 bethesda haters that be coming at me when i put skyrim and ghost staff oh you mean the butter knife sword no they they, they be disrespectful they be disrespectful. so i want a little visceral if we can get a little visceral with it and just like I'm always into spells and, 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 and stuff like that. And one thing in that small little, you know, thing, I just like the visual representation of it and, and stuff like that. So I want spell diversity. I want to see how far they go with that. And um, just the, the different type of con- like uh, archetypes and combat styles, it, you know, it, you know, obviously, hopefully a traditional mage. You know, knight, paladin, that kind of stuff. Or is it going to be shield, armor, and you know, one-handed sword combat? You know, the tropes, the two-handed. Are right. we going to have that kind of thing? And all that stuff, you know, I, I really like. So I'm just, I'm curious about, 
I'm not worried about narrative. I, I'll be honest. Like I'm, I'm just it's obsidian. Like obsidian, like you said, they have shown me time and time again not to even worry about that aspect. That is the part that's going to be strong, in my opinion. All I want to see is that combat and how expansive it was. And yeah, if the narrative is truly gripping in the in the pillars universe, which I absolutely, you know, fully intend, expect it to be. Of Yours, course, yourself. So that'll probably be around 2023, and then yeah. we'll we'll see the game see shortly. I imagine. On. So yeah, man. That's all we got for this episode of Defining Duke. However, Cog. Yes, yeah, been one. another good, good one. one. What do we uh? One. What do we hit with the hashtag? What we got. We had a, a very diverse mm-hmm. topic. Well, one thing we really hung on for too long. When you think about it. Mm, yeah. What? What? One thing. We had some tangents. We had some tangents with um. Trying to look at back. There was that was one I thought we did have one, but we were kind of like even with a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like we we kind of bounced mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a little bit. So what you want to do? You want to do bounce? You want to do even? What you, what you yeah, want to do? I like bounce, DD. I think yeah. I think that's a good representation of this mm-hmm. episode. You yeah. got the Steve. Let's know. We bounced around a yeah, lot. Yeah, we bounced for sure. around. It was a lot of bouncing, a lot of stuff. Yeah, we were a little basketball bounce. here. Yeah, a little bounce, a <laughs> little bounce. <laughs> so yeah if you got this deep uh let us know in the comments with hashtag bounce dd or tag us on twitter at lord cognito at g27 status let us know that you have completed this episode you've put another notch on your belt exactly. for the defining duke exactly we look the forward dukes. to hearing from you cogany yeah. uh any final additions or shall we wrap this up wrap it up loved it another fantastic show like that mm-hmm. little um segment like that you know we we listened right right man we listened to the fans give give the, took the feedback add yeah. some stuff add a little dynamic to it so yeah great episode as always and you're doing a fantastic job with these question picking and uh you, you wasn't you know biased like you normally are with your you <laughs> I know, I know. Because you're so damn biased, man. You're always picking the same two people, and I'm tired of it. I, I love, I love picking certain people. <laughs> I'm done. Anyway, we appreciate you all so much. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week for episode 41. Until then, have an all right day. Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast, is a product and trademark of Last Stand Media and Collins Last Stand LLC and is recorded from the United States of America. The show is conceived by Matthew Mr. Matty Plays Schroeder and me, Colin Moriarty, and is written and produced by Matthew Schroeder. Matty's co-host is Barry Lord Cognito Eversley. Defining Duke's executive producer is Dustin Furman, and the show is edited by associate producer Ben Smith. All of Last Stand's theme music is by Ramon Narvaez. As you know, all of Last Stand Media's shows, including Defining Duke, are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash laststandmedia. The following names are at the producer support level on Patreon, and we're thankful for your kindness and generosity. Andrew Morgan, Stephen Nieder, Ross Marenka, Miguel A. Brewer, Morgan Ashley, Azan, Michael Vecchio, Jerome Ferreira, SLDFMA, Jorge Palomino, Daniel D'Amour, Brad Cooley, Jeremy Key, Patrick Leslie, Tom Quinn, Henry Groth, Joshua, Relentless Rex, Troy Miller, Meyer Katz, Jordan Mittman, J.A. Zhu, Tristan Palacios, Graham Plays, Christian Rodriguez, Jad Rita, Kurt M. Gillenberg, Patrick Skipper, Sweaty Mitt, Chris Kelly, Dustin Graff, Peyton Stone, Roberto, Josh Hallen, Rui, Tyler Watkins, Troilus True, Dan Root, Isabella Hope, Top G82, Talisman, 
Christopher, Randall Halsey, Robbie Nauman, Nuke Dukum, Jim Bob, 56, William Holbert, Dr. Stump, Josh Godfrey, Kalike Souza, Vornak, Betty Ann Moriarty, Daniel Johnson, H. Trons, Ethan Davies, Jay Getter, Manuel Ochoa, Bjorn Campbell, Jeff Mercado, Gregory Silvinsky, Galja of Fortuna, Boots, Tyler Brown, Megadet, Poot, Gavin Newland, Saul Balcazar, Brian White, Raul Melendez, Keegs, Eric Harden, Alex Bolton, Kinnams, Joseph Baker, Rodney Coleman, Chris Moore, Caswell, Andy Kinnanen, Chris, Will Hernandez, Chris Galvin, Mason Cadillac, Ollie Fritz, Evan Dalton, Zach Allen, George Anthony Nunez, Kyle Hagel, Christopher, Colin Love, Daryl E. Naiman, Ryan R. Kittredge, Toby Ryland, Michael S., David Bostick, Stewie 108, D.B. Cooper, Cody Bradbury, Tom Cargill, Richter 86, Steve Hodge, Holfeldian, Ian Bravo, Barrett Boswell, Andrew Parker, Christopher DeVaio, Chris Morton, Kevin Komaki, Mark Liberto, Johnny Waffles, Roto 24, Jonathan Coates, Sean Mason, Josh Gravelick, Brian Chan, Jay, Organic Produce, Shane St. Pierre, Carlos Algorit, Richard Hebert III, Miranda Grubba, Josh Yeager, Martin Beck, Joey Andrzejczyk, Nathan R., Joe McPartland, Gary Cavallo, Christopher Moore, Brody Rainey, Jacob Bell, Dennis Usel, Eric Finkenbeiner, Lou and Ray Loper, Jonathan Cortez, Dylan Burns, Jason Lusky, Malachi Wall, Betty Ann Moriarty, John Schultz, David Chestnut, Anton K., Brian W. Rath, Alan Tremblay, Tyler Bellow, Ryan T. Mandel, Tony Zuniga, Sean Battershall, Robbie Hensley, Alex Cabrera, Lennon Brixey, James Kinsler III, Will Caldwell, Hugo's Desk, Peter Reynolds, Anthony Vasquez, Adam Kiniston, William O'Carroll, Jesper Jansen, Phil Crone, Throw7, Adam Nix, Josh McKinney, Michael Gates, Alex Gates, Ryan Robertson, Sean Chandler, David Mann, Petro Rhodes, Lockmort, Gio Corsi, Joey Gondhaliker, Gerald Pennington, Justin Wagaman, David Iacolucci, Paul Joyce, Chad Lewis, Enrique Perez, Joshua Smallwood, Shane Rayum, Spencer Brand, Don Lee, John Cordero, Keith A. Lewis, Marius Carson Peterson, Ryan Greenwood, Tyler Harris, Matthew Perdue, Patrick Carper, Mad Mock Media, Jonathan Rice, and Casual Misfits Gaming.